Welcome to the Best Picture cast. I am your host, Kieran B. I recently completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast review each one. Each episode, myself and revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not a who-should-have-won podcast. We are here to discuss the inner circle of movies who took home the crown in their respective years. As a disclaimer, this is an opinion-based podcast and a subjective discussion by movie enthusiasts who don't claim to be trained experts. If we destroy your favorite movie or praise a movie that you think is trash, we encourage you to write us in at our email, which is bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that's bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. You can find us on our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at bestpicturecast, and we're back yet again. Here we are. We're at the end of a season. This is the season two finale, and this is the rankings episode where we take the 15 movies we covered in the season. We will rank them one to 15, and I have back with me a cast of characters who we had in the first rankings episode. I'm going to introduce them one by one. Before I do so, I just want to remind you, if you have come this far with us, please... Rate, review, subscribe, follow on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps us out a lot. Uh, At the end of the second season here, we've loved the progress we've made, and any little bit you can do to help us is is something we appreciate even more. It's time now to talk about the five guys I have here with me to do this rankings. Uh, Co-hosts that I'd do anything for because they uh, watched all 15 of these movies. Some of some spread them out a little better than others, and we'll talk about that <laughs> as we're short. But first, I would like to introduce, he's the self-proclaimed international podcast expert, and he is begrudgingly a newfound musical aficionado who has a self-diagnosed allergy to Jeremy Renner and Forrest Whitaker, the BPC resident heel, Artie B. Artie. Chin chin, everybody. Glad to be back. <laughs> 15 movies. Are you ready to do this, Artie? Yes, I love giving my opinion because it's always well met, well received. <laughs> <laughs> and in the season two, you joined us for Argo, The Lost Weekend, An American in Paris, Amadeus, Platoon, The Godfather, and The Artist. It was a busy season for you there, Artie. You also were on the Roadhouse honorary episode. Wow, how did you get me to do that many episodes? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of action. And up next, we have... He's our uh, in-house impressionist, whose finest work include Marlon Brando, Brian Cranston, Peter Griffin, Sir Lawrence Olivier, and tourists from Kansas. <laughs> he is the artist behind all of the graphic design you see on our social media accounts, and in many ways is my right-hand man here at Best Picture Cast. He is Grant C. Grant. Hello. I am very excited to be here. You are here back as often, and uh, this season you joined us for... Argo, Gentleman's Agreement, Birdman, Oliver, The Godfather, and The Artist, as well as honorary episodes Roadhouse, Halloween, and Home Alone. That's right. A busy schedule this season for you, too. Well, listen, it's busy when you pick two winners from the tournaments. 
That's exactly right. And you have a third coming up in The Lion King. We Cannot wait. We're doing that to kick off our season three after our season three premiere of Godfather 2. Uh, what else is good about Grant? <laughs> <laughs> a tale of different reviews. <laughs> and that leads us into our next co-host here today. And uh, he is Best Picture Cast's own agent of chaos. He is the rubber arm co-host that is willing to throw every day, whether that means watching The Godfather for the very first time or Cavalcade for the very last time. He is the master of the LVP everyday Joey R. How are we doing, Joey? Great. Very happy to be here. Excited to talk about all these movies. Hope to talk a lot of chaos today. All Always. About chaos. Always. Chaos is way more fun. <laughs> Joey, you were on Mutiny on the Bounty, Birdman, An American in Paris, Cavalcade, Platoon, and The Godfather, as well as four for four on the honorary episodes, Roadhouse, Halloween, The Shawshank Redemption, and Home Alone. Great, great season two. It's very, very busy for you. I think you are the leading, uh, the leading podcaster in, out of the co-hosts so far here. And finally, we have the fifth man in the room. He is BPC's go-to counterculturalist, a reluctant hero drawn into duty, and a classic film conscientious objector. A man who loves viewing pre-1970s movies like a snowman loves viewing a flamethrower. <laughs> he is Chris G. Chris G., welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. I uh, can't believe I made it this far with you guys, I'll be honest. <laughs> it's, been, it's been quite the journey. <laughs> and this was crunch time for you in the last uh, 48 hours. Yeah, so I watched that's... like 14 of the 15 movies last night, and it was... <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I, I had a lot of work to do this past week. So, if uh, nothing else, your rankings will be the freshest of That's everyone. right. I mean, I... That's I, fair. Yeah. I know all these movies like the back of my hand. I just watched them. <laughs> you had your own little BPC film festival. And uh, the episodes you were on this year, you were on the Lost Weekend episode, the Oliver with an exclamation point episode, The Sting, also on honorary episodes Halloween and the Shawshank Redemption, our Thanksgiving special. The perfect so, amount. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. So, gentlemen, here we are to rank season two. I know we're all uh, eagerly anticipating this. It's, it's been uh, a season that's gone on since the start of September. Right. So September 2020 yeah. all the way here to May 2021. It was our, our second full season. And I'm excited to hear, although I've, I've heard like from a few of you about a few of these movies, I'm really super interested to hear how everybody puts it together and how we all react to this as a crew. Yeah, I cannot wait to get into this. It's, there, are a few, there are a few movies where I have no idea where it's going to land with a lot of people, so very curious about it. Some of these movies are going to be all over the place, and it's really exciting to see where they fall, because I think, you know, I think there's some clear back-end ones, some clear front-end ones, and then there's some wild cards. For me, there was several movies that I saw for the first time in this list, and surprised on how much I loved a, a few of them. It was, it was a strong season, as opposed to the season one, season two, had a lot of strong movies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I was very surprised, pleasantly, by a bunch of these movies. Unpleasantly by some of them as well. <laughs> <laughs> and for the most part, we don't really discuss these movies after we've seen them for this or how we ranked them. I mean, we obviously know if we were on the episode right. or if we reacted to the episode. Yeah. So we, have a, we have a general idea about how each of us feel about these movies, and mm -hmm. a little bit trickles through, through text and all that. But we don't really know where anyone's ranked them, so we're going to kind of be hearing a lot of these rankings for the first time just as you are, so that, that, that should be interesting to react to. Um, and before we start, I do want to turn the floor over to Grant Z here, who has a, a little announcement for the uh, BPC faithful. Yeah, so basically we decided, I guess we're getting ahead of ourselves, I was uh, kind, of, kind of messing around and I made some, uh, some interesting designs about some of the movies we've done, and we've decided to make them into 
t-shirts and merchandise. So um, when this episode airs, we are going to have our own little uh, our own little merch store that we can uh, you can buy stuff from, or if you want to help support us, help support the podcast. If you look at the designs, I feel like they're pretty cool. We're all wearing t-shirts like a bunch of nerds wearing them together, like. <laughs> Yeah, we all we all have them one today. They're featuring Grant's great artwork here, and uh, Joey and Chris, you guys have the uh, the Silence of the Lambs themed one. Yeah, called yep. the, the, the Doctor, right? Yep. The Doctor. I'm wearing one called the Southpaw. It's my Rocky shirt. Yeah, Artie, you have the uh, a movie we have well, not covered yet. No, that's it's a little preview. We have a uh, he's wearing an Anton Chigurh shirt. Sort of looks like him. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Don't. I don't know what I'm going to name that one yet. <laughs> That's right. And I have, of course, my uh, yeah. Braveheart. Yeah, this is called, called the Warrior Poet. But we also have ones for um, American Beauty, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Amadeus. The Departed. The Departed. Born and Sound of Music. I think the Amadeus one is my favorite. Amadeus one's pretty it's good. Great, yeah, it really and then as, as some of these movies... Oh, we do have one for The Godfather too. And then we're gonna have one for the Godfather too. <laughs> um, that'll, that'll be that'll be uh, out shortly thereafter. So a few of these big movies that are coming out in season three, I'm gonna add them as we go along. So if you're looking, this link is kind of a pain in the butt. I'm gonna be honest, but you you check, you go through us with social media, and we'll gladly give it to you. And it's uh, it's through Spring.com. We used to be called Teespring. It's Best Dash Picture Dash Cast Dot Creator. Dot spring dot com. And like I said, we'll gladly give out that link wherever, whenever you ask for it. Great. Those dashes are hyphens. Yes. Yeah. To specify. And uh, I want to say, too, it's not just T-shirts. No. Nope. Uh, we have uh, pint glasses. We do have pint glasses. That's very on brand. Coffee, mel- coffee mugs. Coffee mugs. We got stickers. Leggings. Yeah. We do have leggings. We have leggings. Yes. For, for people that want to, that like movies and want to be fit. That is... And uh, we're going to be doing these rankings, as we said. But, Joey, you have a little uh, announcement for the, uh, for the world here, too. Yes, yeah, so we are also going to go live with our Letterbox account. Woo-hoo! Um, so it's at Best Picture Cast. So we kept it the same. You know, movie movie Twitter loves to talk about their Letterbox and share. So we thought we'd get in there now that we have thirty movies. The episode movie will be put on the day the movie gets released. So every other Monday, the movie will go on there. Um, the fifth, first fifteen rankings, the se- second fifteen rankings, and the overall will all be released after each season. We're going to do it a little bit differently. We're not going to star the movies as they come out. We're going to put them out and we're going to leave that for the rankings so that we're able to have our rankings episodes so that we could score them as our composite rankings for everyone and really get them out there. So it's Letterboxd at Best Picture Cast and we're going to be real active on there. Yeah, and, and for those of you who aren't familiar with Letterboxd, it yeah, will, yeah, right here. Oh, like Chris and Artie being here. Artie, 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 I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Chris, so, just, Chris just did what we do in high school where he scribbled on the notepad WTF with a question mark <laughs> and showed it to me. And I laughed. So, Joey, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Letterbox it gives the person viewing a view of the movies that we've covered in season one and season two basically buy art of the movie like so the, it's like a mm-hmm. an icon it's the cover of the, of the movie, movie. Huh. most people go it's it's movie social media so if we pick the artist we go into it we like i said we're not ranking but we could see who's ranked it who's watched it recently try to connect with them so that's how we're going to you know really oh, cool. connect and with it, people and it gives us a convenient way to display our rankings right. so there's someone can go to just oh the bpc season one rankings and they'll have yep. our rankings there 15 right to 1 with the, with the movie posters from oh, cool. 20, okay. kind of click right. on them too. So you don't have, so. you literally, it's just the 15 from 15 all the way down, and it just goes, and we'll do it, and we'll keep building it. It's uh, a good way to kind of keep our, our info organized out oh, there. Oh, the internet. I think we can probably get right into this thing here. Let's do it. A lot of ground to cover, so I think there's no better way to start off. Uh, I do want to say, if, you, if you've listened to our Season 1 rankings episode, you'll know we kind of did a, a, a couple of... Um, 
fun segments on the side. We uh, did one where we added Robert Shaw into uh, a role in each movie. We created a role for him. And we also swapped actors in movies, too, yeah, cool. roles in movies. Yeah. And uh, we also did one where we had Rob Zombie remake one of the movies. So we have new ones here for this one. And one of them is going to be a Muppet-related one, where we are going to turn one of these movies into a Muppet movie. Inspired, uh, inspired by the artist recast <laughs> for <the> last time. <laughs> in addition to that, we, uh, as we will be covering Back to the Future next season, uh, in a, a partnership with Around the World in 80 Days, we are going to recast Back to the Future using only season two actors and actresses. So we've, we've each picked actors and actresses from these season two movies. We plug them into Back to the Future. That should be interesting, too. But before we get there, let's, let's get started with our number 15. Are we ready to go, guys? Uh, very, very. Okay, so uh, if, if you haven't listened to our rankings before, what we do is, as a movie comes up, uh, we wait till the highest point that it comes up to discuss it. So if all five of us have the same movie at 15, boom, we're just going to discuss it right there. Uh, if someone has it higher, we wait till we get to that ranking spot. So if one of us had it at 12, we don't talk about it till we get to that person's 12 when it is the highest one. And what we're going to do kind of today to organize the argument a little bit is the person who has each given movie the lowest ranked, they'll more or less be the prosecuting attorney here, and the person who has the highest will be the defense attorney. So we'll kind of organize the argument that way. Okay, so we're going to start with number 15. Grant, you're going to be our uh, our leading man here. <clears throat> number 15. Yeah, I don't think this is a, a surprise to anybody. It's uh, Cavalcade. Grant's 15 is Cavalcade. Does anyone have Cavalcade higher than 15? I do. Already oh, has oh, oh, okay. I do All not. Right, so we are holding off on Cavalcade. Joey, Chris, you're both 15 with Cavalcade. Yeah, as, sir. as myself is too. Perfect. Okay, so Artie, w- what is your 15? Oliver with an exclamation point. What? Wow. wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Torturous event. Okay, so we're wow. going to hold off on <laughs> Oliver with an exclamation point. I think a few of us, all of us have it higher. Not and much. Artie, you're going to be the lead prosecutor on that one. We'll go to Grant's 14 here. Grant, who's your 14? Uh, my 14 is an American in Paris. Okay, I have that Grant. higher. Uh, Joey has it higher. Higher. I have it higher. Okay, I have it higher as well. All right, so Grant, you're going to be going after American in Paris. Joey, you're 14. My number 14 is Argo. Oh, wow. I have Argo higher. I have higher. I have that higher. We all have it higher. Okay, so we now go to Chris's 14. Gentleman's Agreement. Okay. I have it higher. I have it higher. It is also my 14. Oh wow! Okay, so me and Chris have it at fourteen. We'll be uh, we'll be co-counsels going after yeah. that one. So Artie, that leads me to your fourteen. Cavalcade. Okay, so it's cavalcade time. So Artie, you're, okay. you're, you're I left have to alone defend this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with all the problems with cavalcade. Grant, you don't we'll have you that go. much time. We'll <laughs> get you go. It's a um, it's just a dry movie. It bites off way more than it can chew. Um, it's really, it really is a, a victim of its own limitations. It tries to do a lot, but it just it just fails on every level. The acting, the lead actress, she's just staring into the abyss every in every scene. She's just staring off camera. I have no idea what she's looking at. Um, the best actor in the movie is the the husband, and he's barely in it. It does. It's just it's just not good. Yeah. Um. And if anyone out there is super nervous that we're going to drop cavalcade. Spoilers on you. We're, we're going to be pretty spoiler-friendly here right. as we go, so we're, we're not going to hit major twists or, or plot points here. We could tell you the whole plot of Cavalcade. It wouldn't spoil it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Chris, we, Joe, me and Joey were on the Cavalcade episode, so our thoughts are... Chris, Cavalcade was your 15. Why was this the lowest-ranked movie you had? It was, it was just a, a tedious affair. Conf- hard, to, hard to follow. 
uh, for me at least. Like like Grant said, put it perfectly. It doesn't really go anywhere. I mean, yeah, there's they're pointing out things that are happening in history, but I mean, I'd rather honestly, I'd rather read a, a history book than uh, yeah than watch this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be yeah. honest with you. You know. So Artie, you had it fourteen. It wasn't your your lowest ranked movie. What were the positive qualities here that lifted it out of that fifteen spot? <laughs> it wasn't Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver to me was torture. <laughs> well, we're gonna we're right, gonna well, get we'll, to we'll, get, we'll, we'll get, get into that. So, um, well, I'm I'm gonna defend Cavalcade. Cavalcade I, was not a torturous affair, okay. and that's my best defense for it. Because otherwise, it's it's not nothing happens. Time just passes. Yeah, a lot of time passes. A lot of time passes. It's confusing. It's not super well made. There's decent shots, but like, the, not really. The girl, it, like Grant said, just sometimes she even accidentally stares into the camera, and it's uncomfortable. Yeah, that's right. I noticed that too. Yeah, and there's 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 a lot of fainting going on, and just yeah, like is this how it was? Right. Is there not airflow in these apartments that <laughs> people are just fainting? So it's not good, but it's I just liked it more than one other movie. Yeah, I, and Frank Lloyd has another movie on this list in Immunity and the Bounty, and we'll get to that a little later, I think, but. It, I think this is a project he just bit too, bit off more than he could chew, okay, so, and yeah. and it really this many years later, the subject material just isn't super interesting at this yeah. point. I mean, no, even yeah. I mean, even people. I don't want to speak for the entire nation of Great Britain here, but I just I, I question <laughs> as to whether they're going to really care about uh, about everything that's going on here. Yeah, I mean, even the history of it is so obscure and not well explained. I followed the movie and I was bored out of my face. So the Cavalcade episode is the best episode of that movie that I can get. I think we were mm -hmm. as fair yeah. as humanly possible, but I think it's something that is quite flawed. And yeah, I, I think there's there's nothing visually uh, appealing about it. Like there's nothing nothing visually that keeps that draws you in. No, I'm, I'm being serious. There's not. There's not. It's most of it just happens in a room. And not no, sometimes that can be great, but when there's not good acting and not a good dialogue as well, no. I mean, it really yeah. just doesn't leave you much. Doesn't Conf leave much left. Confusing passing of time. Yeah, and Joey, you you hit that hard in the in the episode, and yeah, it, it and it was honestly, I appreciated it a little more this time than when I had originally watched it. I think we found some positive qualities yeah, to sure. it, so it isn't. It's not going to be. Yeah. My number 92. I'll tell you that right now. When we, when, or my number 93 at this point. Right. When we get to that spot. It might be 91. <laughs> but. We'll see. I guess we'll have to see. So the, uh, anything else we got to say about Cavalcade? No. I think that's... I think we've no. said enough it's, about Cavalcade that we can put that to bed. Yeah, it's pretty clear that that is the composite 15 yeah. here. We're going to move on now to Grant to your... 13. 13. Mine's Oliver. Okay. I have it higher. Higher. I have it higher as well. And we're going to now go to Joey, your 13. So number 13, I do have a gentleman's agreement. Okay. I also have it at 13. All right. So okay. we now all have gentleman's agreement Except accounted Grant. for. Yeah. Grant, you have it higher. Yeah. yeah. Grant has it higher. Wow. Okay. okay. Um, so we're going to Chris now, your 13. My 13 is Mutiny on the Bounty. Wow. I have that okay. higher. I have that higher. I have that, I have that higher. I have that higher. Yeah. Oh. Okay. All right, so we will get back to the Mutiny and the Bounty, the other the other Frank Lloyd movie here. Mm -hmm. Artie, you are 13. My 13 is also a gentleman's agreement. Okay, that's right. So you you and Joey both have that at 13. I have that at 14. Chris has it at 14. Chris mm -hmm. has it at 14, and we're waiting on that to appear on Grant's list. Yeah, we have to wait a really Okay, long so time we're going to, to my number 13, and my number 13 is Argo. I have okay. it higher. I have okay. it higher. Who had Argo I, lower? I had it at Joey. 14. Joey had it, had it at 14. Everyone has it higher than 13. Yeah. Okay, yep. which brings us over to number 12 now. Grant, we're going to go with your number 12. Gentlemen's agreement. All right, <laughs> it, is, it is gentlemen's agreement right, time good. now. Thank God. So, who had gentlemen? Chris, you had gentlemen's agreement at fifteen. Fourteen. Or fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Um, so why don't you start? Because this is this this movie's fresh on your mind here. Yeah. Listen, it it's not 
nearly as bad as Cavalcade, in my opinion. I, I, I actually don't think it's bad at all. It is hard to sit there for two hours and listen and be preached to about, you know... Anti-Semitism. Uh, Anti-Semitism. Yeah. Especially in this day and age where, well, maybe not well past it. I don't know. We should not. be. We should be, I guess. It's just, you know, you know how I am with the older movies. It, it's it's never going to be high on my list. Yeah, it was it was good. It was fine. I, I, I don't I don't dislike it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and, you know, Grant, you'll, as you had it the highest, so you'll end up, you know, being the good one to defend it here. But I'll, before we get to there, we'll just we'll go in the middle a little bit here. I, you know, I wrestled a little bit with this one and my, my number 13 choice, which was Argo. Those were those were two that I went back and forth on a little time. I think yeah. at the end of the day, while there there is some poignant material in here and things that this many years later still apply till today, and, and then that's interesting to think about. I just don't know how entertaining it is to watch as a movie, and you know <laughs> it, the characters are severely underdeveloped. Yeah. The story itself, outside of Gregory Peck going undercover is really super thin and weird. The stakes are weird. It, it's, it's, kind of, it's, it's offensive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. definitely. And it's also very uneven and inconsistent. And yeah. I think that, because I, I think, I put it at 13. Um, I, the reason I went 13 over 14 was because I thought Gregory Peck was very good. But I just think there was offensiveness, there was just unevenness, where I was just, I felt like I was always off balance watching it. Yeah, yeah. The, the lack of chemistry there, and in the, in the romantic role, yeah. is the, 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 the stakes are like, she like lets someone rent her summer house, like it's very the, bougie, the, the rom- like bougie. The romance is, like, is definitely odd. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. Was romance yeah. really that way back in the day, where you just go up to someone and go, let's get married, like, if you just meet them? It seems like it. It really does, right? And then they would buy like a $10,000 house, and <laughs> Artie, think about it this way. Back, you know, back then, most people, like, you didn't have sex until you got married. So people were quick to get married. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and the it's other like, thing, you too. You look that, good. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing, too, and we covered this a bit in the episode. And it's a pretty entertaining episode. It's a good myself, episode. Jay Dowski and Grant, you yeah. on that one, too. There was the, the, the code era restricted what they could show right. in some of these. So some of the movies that don't execute as well right. have a hard time showing romance. So that's why they kind of skip over the physicality of any right. of, of any of these romantic relationships because they can't show any sex or right. kissing they on could, the they screen. Really, right. they couldn't show any of the the graphic boning that was <laughs> in the script <laughs> through, the the sh- through, through a hole in the yeah. sheet, right? Or the room style sex scene in the beginning of Gentlemen's. Uh, just, just Gregory, Gregory Peck's just <laughs> Gregory Peck oiled up, his musking away, yeah, his, his muscular <laughs> ass. <laughs> Um, but, so but Grant, so you're, you, why did you have this? Uh, yes, highest twelve. You had twelve. Yes, I had one. I had one higher than everyone else. There's some fourteens here, though. So no, it's um, the second worst for some of us. No, I think the best part of this movie are the supporting roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Celeste Holm does a great job. Agreed. Um, I can't. Anne Revere is the Anne Revere is the mother yeah. is great, and uh, his friend I can't think Garfield, of. Garfield, John Garfield. John Garfield is great too, and there is there could be something good in here somewhere. It's just, it, it focuses on, like, and, uh, I remember I was talking to uh, Zeta Short about this movie, and she called Gregory Peck's character a self-righteous prick. <laughs> That's and correct. It's, it's, very very so, it's so on the nose. Very sanctimonious. Oh, but, know. like, he chastises a Jewish, he pretends to be Jewish, chastises a Jewish woman for being anti-Semitic. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. super fucked yeah. up. And, right? and, and he takes a self-loathing Jew. Yeah, and then he, and he takes offense. He takes offense <laughs> yes. to it. Like, yeah. and, then, and then at the end, he's like, oh, guess what, guys? I'm not Jewish. Everyone's like... Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then You're he like, takes, offense. Cares. And then he right. takes it, offense to that. It's, it's like, right. like, oh, you don't get that. It's like, you you, you know what I don't like? Liars, Gregory Peck. I don't yeah. like liars. Yeah. And you're a liar. I mean, I think <laughs> the worst part of this movie was that it inspired Tyra Banks to go into a fat suit yeah. for, on TV. 
Uh, that, so, that was yeah. the unforeseen, that is, unforeseen ramifications yeah. of gentlemen's agreement. Yeah, right, so the, that's the, the Gregory 90s. Peck's fault. Yes. <laughs> I played Gregory Peck. <laughs> that, just the '90s version of gentlemen's agreement. That disaster oh. of a TV show. Tyra Banks going for sympathy in a fat suit. Remember when she pretended you had rabies? <laughs> that really happened. That was because of Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Those yeah. Cujo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think we covered that one pretty good, and and I, I do I do think that it is interesting that some of these issues Absolutely. do translate really well to today. And and and, and yeah. listen, guys, I re-listened to the episode today for it because I haven't seen Jones Agreement a while. I've seen it since we covered it. I, it's probably going to be a long while before I watch it again. Mm-hmm. And I I was listening to this. We really did have a great, interesting conversation about that. So I think there's something we said about a movie that can produce that kind of conversation. Yeah, but again, how entertaining is it? as an actual movie and and Grant that is a good point about the supporting characters all three of those supporting yeah, roles they're there great. were really strong they're really good but the story that they were working around was just so reliant on the gimmick behind the movie or behind the storytelling mm-hmm. of the movie that it just it, it didn't work for me I have the answer for you it's not very entertaining and the rewatchability is is basically zero on this one. Yeah, you get exactly what you need at the first watch. I you know, never, you never need to watch it again. I would never right. put it you on. You never need to watch and it I'll, again. I'll, I'll say this too. There's only two movies on this list of 15 that I liked less after covering it on the podcast. So every other movie I either liked the same or more. Mm-hmm. This was one of the two. The other one is going to come up next as, as my number 12. Okay. Yeah, this movie just feels like it's something that would be watched in like a race history class, not something that would be watched in a film class. And I think that's, yeah. that's where it really falls. Yeah, and I think that's the perfect. issue. Yeah. Because it's not super entertaining. I thought you guys... So I watched it right before I listened to the episode... I thought the episode was fantastic, and I really liked that movie a lot more after listening to it, where this probably would have been ranked one higher with Grant if it was so close to the episode, but I've had more time to kind of reflect on it and put it where (laughs) I feel is the appropriate place. But it's an educational thing, because it does open a lot of conversation if you're paying attention. And we go through Arnold's entire filmography in that episode, too, so go and check out uh, that. That is is well worth it. Absolutely. It's a really good episode. You guys did a great job. That's it. So we can close the uh, the season two book on Gentleman's Agreement. Bye. Okay, so we're up to Joey's 12. So for me, kind of 15, 14, 13 exist in one realm. And at number 12, I think there's a big bump. And I went with the artist at number 12. Wow, okay. Me as well. Also my number 12. Oh, wow. I have Grant has it higher. I have it higher. Artie has it higher. So we will wait okay. on the artist. Chris, your number 12 is the artist? Yeah. Artie, your number 12. American in Paris. Higher, higher. I have an American in Paris higher. Me too. I had a feeling this would be the case. And Grant, you had that lower. Just I had, Yeah, I had a 14. Yeah. 14, okay. So we moved to, my uh, number 12 is also the artist, so we're now moving to the 11 slot. And Grant, you're up next. Uh, my 11? 11 is Braveheart. Mine as well. Mine is too. Wow. Yeah. I, I have Braveheart higher. I, have, I, I thought I was going to be like all by myself. I so did I. Too. <laughs> <laughs> really I was sitting here, I was Braveheart. like, wow. Braveheart misses three people's top tens. Interesting. Yeah, I was sitting yeah. here. I was like, "Wow!" When I when Brave, I had trouble with that because that's where I wanted it. But I was like, "They're gonna get fucking roasted." Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna hold off. Get ready for talking points. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to hold off on the Braveheart okay. talk. Uh, Artie, Artie's Ar- eleven. Ar- Ar- eleven. Argo. Okay. So I have it. it I have it higher. Wow. Okay. We have wow. two people with higher. All right. So my number eleven is next, and uh, mine is an American in Paris. Is that higher? I have that higher as well. Two people wow. have that higher. Okay, so now we're uh, up to top tens. No, we're not. Yeah, we're up to so top tens. Before we do the top tens, it's time oh. to meet the Muppets, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So we uh, to just to to lay this out again, we've taken one of these fifteen movies we each have, 
and we've turned it into a Muppet movie where one character is their human self, and then every other character in the movie is a Muppet. Yeah. All right, similar to a Muppet's Christmas Cow, where Michael Caine is Ebenezer Scrooge, and then everyone else is a Muppet. All right, so who would like to go first here? I'll go Chris, first. Chris wants in. Oh, I love it. All right, because I went way outside the box a little bit here. Okay. I mean, you know, not the typical movie you'd think. Yeah. So, Muppet movie. Charlie Sheen is the human, and Platoon <laughs> is the movie. It's solely because I want to see the w- Willem Dafoe as a puppet just, just fucking blown away with his arms in the air. That's the only reason. That's, that's amazing. Having, so having jealous. puppet guts flying out yeah, yeah. and stuff, like it'd just be fucking awesome. God damn it, amazing. Chris won. That, that, wow. that village scene is a lot different. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Dillon Muppet. You see the bridge come out, man? Uh, the, the like the one Muppet has like one eye off and one's dangling, yeah, right. and Kevin Dillon kills him. See, uh, you guys are you guys are already yeah. writing it. Right? Yeah, yeah, it. I'm picturing I'm picturing Defoe with the arm pose, and yeah. you can see the strings holding exactly. Yeah, 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 just yeah, yeah. like the stick, wacky arm man. Yeah. Now, is, now is like Sam the Bald Eagle, the Tom Bel- Berenger character. <laughs> So, so do we just go to number 10? I'll Chris tell you what, won? though, the, the stoner room, though, where they're all like, yeah. that, that's yeah. definitely the band. You know? yeah, oh, yeah. That's oh, that's 100%. Yeah, that's yeah. Electric Mayhem for sure. <laughs> that's oh, that's yeah. so good. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow, well done. Damn it, Chris. All right, uh, who's up next, Joe? I don't want to follow that. Fine. <laughs> um, so I thought, I went by character. What character I thought would be more heelish acting upon the Muppets? Mm-hmm. So I went Mutiny on the Bounty with Captain Bly. He's the only human. I I thought about him. The one scene I keep picturing is a Muppet being dragged under the ship for eating. (laughs) And just (laughs) how much more people would hate Captain Bly and how much more evil that would make him. And giving him lashes, giving him Muppets lashes. But also he tied the guy up. But then I just thought it would also, on the other end, be hysterical watching the Muppets all happily run onto the shores of the island. How about how about the scene of him in the boat navigating back and forth? Him and the Muppets in the That's boat. That's amazing. Send Kermit back up yeah. the mast. And then they're trying to kill a seagull. <laughs> it's moving right along. Playing yeah. the whole time. One was oh in the God. little rowboat with all the Muppets around now, him. I do have a question. Who? What Muppet would be Ellison? Um, the oh, worst one. Animal? <laughs> no, I no. like Animal. Would it, be like, is, would it be like Skeeter? Who's the most useless Muppet there? Oh, Bean. The rabbit. For sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's one. fucking got to be. Yeah, that's good. And one. that's an upgrade for Ellison. <laughs> Should have used that right. as a recast. Now, uh, Artie, I, you, you were pretty convinced that we have the same one. Yeah. Right? Okay. Do, maybe we'll hold off with Grant. you want to go next? Yeah, so mine, I feel like the biggest disparity between the character and the Muppets would be... Lonigan from the Sting. So everyone, <laughs> everyone gets a that was my runner up. I swear to God, I thought of that one. So, that was so, my so, so an intense Robert Shaw with a bunch of Muppets. Fantastic. It's <laughs> the, funny, it's the funniest That's thing. That's just why wasn't it done. Was yeah, yeah, I yeah. Had just just Rob, pissing him off. Yeah, Robert Shaw is just mean, like, you follow? Yeah. Just like, just <laughs> Sorry, I'm late. I was taking a crap. Is that Kermit? Is that Kermit? I'm thinking Gonzo. That's definitely Fozzie. That's definitely Fozzie. Fozzie doesn't drink. <laughs> wow, that's but, great. Uh, yeah, so I, I feel like oh, the uh, I feel like the the straight the just the straight and the intensity of Shaw juxtaposed with Muppets. And then just great, bouncing around. Yeah, the, the, the guy but you were thinking the same thing. I was the heel versus. Oh, it's, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, so, Artie, you were convinced we had the same one. All right, so I went with a little more serious tone that I kind of wanted to eliminate. So I left Gregory Peck 
and gentlemen's <laughs> agreement. Oh my god. And recast everyone else. That is giving him a hard time with Muppets. So the restricted hotel is restricted to Muppets. <laughs> He's not a Muppet. And he takes. I don't even think that makes sense. He takes tremendous offense to not being allowed in. He's like, say it's say it's because I'm a human. He's a a six foot four Muppet. No, he wants to get in. He wants to stay there, but they don't allow people. They only allow Muppets. Oh, 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 I see. I see. It's restricted to only Muppets. Gotcha. No human. The human beings are. Yeah. So he's a. He's super offended by that. That's. He's not allowed. I'm trying to figure out whether that is like genius and noble or incredibly offensive. There's like a thin I, line. It's a thin line. There's, there's often a thin line. Well, that, that, straddling that line, Artie's probably on the offensive side. Uh, I feel I Artie, uh, well, no, I'm saying Artie lives on that line. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> I, I teeter on that yeah. line. Okay, so that leads me to mine, and I have a Muppets Amadeus Amazing. with Solieri right. I love that. pouring his heart out in his cell to Rizzo the Rat uh, <laughs> <laughs> about... About Kermit as, uh, or I would probably, I think Gonzo as Mozart probably makes the that's most great. sense. Just because oh, he's like a that. goofball and they, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, Kermit that, finds his way around. You can do that, that and that's not just laughs. And, yeah. and Solieri gives the same performance he gives in the movie. That's just taking honest. it so fucking seriously. <laughs> yeah. and it was, and it, it, the sounds, the sounds, they were brilliant. <laughs> they were brilliant. Mediocrity! <laughs> then mediocrity! Then it, they're just dancing around. Then it cuts to Rizzo the Rat just staring at him. <laughs> And it will get really awkward though when you see a topless Miss Piggy. <laughs> Took it out of my mouth. Took it out of my mouth. So, Artie, which one did you, did you think I had? Uh, I thought you were going to do the Lost Weekend. Oh, okay. that would have been yeah. cool. I had, Not enough well, characters. Well, that's the, thing. Thing. Before, the yeah. bartender scene I was thinking of is yeah. my my runner up is Lost Weekend. Only everyone's a puppet except for the bartender. <laughs> That's better. Yeah, sure. like better. And then, like, the bartender's just like, well, he wants some breakfast? He's like, no, I don't want any breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Get really away from funny. me. Incredible. I mean, oh, Chris man. won, I got but everybody Chris nailed won. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. That's, that's a great Chris one. Chris <laughs> nailed it. But we, I mean, I think that was five for five. I'd watch, I'd watch all those movies. Right, me too. 100%. I mean, the end of Platoon flying away the, the Muppet bodies in the oh, craters. That, that's all I could think just, of is, is the, the Muppet casualties. Oh, my God. There, there is just something. Just felt arms all over the place. There is something amazing about thinking about Mel Gibson being the only one that's not a Muppet in Braveheart, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think get real good, too. Real expensive, too. Smooth transition to top tens here. Yeah. All right, top tens. Grant, you're going to start us off. Grant, your top, your number ten. My number ten is Argo. Higher. Chris has Argo okay. higher. Just so we recap on that, Joey, we're I'm number 14. For you. Okay. Argo? 11. Okay, it was 13 for me. Okay. Okay, so, Joey, so you're My t- number 10, I went Oliver, exclamation. Me as Oliver well. Exclamation. Yeah, me and Chris, three for three yeah, in a row. Yeah. yeah. I have game. it higher. Whoa! Whoa! Okay. That's right. We'll, we'll wait for that, that heated conversation. Uh, Artie, your number 10. The Artist. Okay. Is that the highest appearance of the artist? I have higher. I had a 12. Okay, Grant has it higher, so we're holding off on the artist. My number 10 is Birdman. Wow. Wow, higher. Higher. Okay, Birdman is higher, so I'm the low man on Birdman. Yeah. Yeah. Low man Birdman. Shocking. All right. We are off to number nine. Grant, you're number nine. My nine is Mutiny on the Bounty. Higher. I have it higher as well. Higher. I do not have it higher. (laughs) (laughs) Chris is the low man on on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, for number nine, I have an American in Paris. Me as well. Wow! You guys are this adorable. Is amazing. <laughs> We're in the same shirt. We are just right. All right. <laughs> Kill let's, it, let's get our tap dancing shoes on. It is American in Paris time. The low man on this one was Archie. Yeah, it had to be. 12? No, I, oh, I was. Grant, you are Grant, Grant, 14. 14. That does not 14. surprise me. Grant. I thought about this one for the Muppets, too, but it, it just... <laughs> There's not enough characters who still would have sucked. <laughs> Gene, Gene Kelly tapping around Muppets. So let's let's talk about what you guys what you guys loved about it, I guess. Is it your number nine? It's my no- yeah, both yeah, of our okay. number nines. Right. I mean, I was on the episode, so Chris, you take the lead here. Uh, Gene Kelly. Right. That's, no, that's, I mean, the answer. Uh, that's the answer to me. He was... Mesmerizing. I loved every minute of him on screen. Loved his dancing. I actually, I thought the film was also well shot, and uh, the story was was holds up. It, it's it's not complicated necessarily. I just loved it. I, I actually really enjoyed it. I did. And the ballet is fantastic at the end. And I yeah. think that's yeah. something that you don't see. That's something that really holds up for the so time. You, I'm sorry for the time too. Like the color saturation is great. Just. A lot of the uh, technical stuff about it is really good. His art, not so great. Not so great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys uh, talked about that. Oh, we did. I just watched it today. Crazy oh, overpriced yeah. as well. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't pay a dollar for it. it, it <laughs> that's the stuff you get at like Marshalls. You know? Dollar, dollar <laughs> Tree. Right. Yeah, or Dollar Tree, exactly. And Chris, how did you react to the to the last 15 minutes of it? Because I think that's kind of been like a, a, a lightning bolt. Uh, point. You know, it, it, there was... Uh, <laughs> It was in and out. <laughs> no, yeah. it was it was it was great. It was it was really, it was really good. It was a little long. That scene's very long, but uh, yeah, it was enjoyable. So, I I liked it. So I had it at eleven, and I thought I was going to be the high man with that. So you guys saw. Uh, I, I guess I probably should have known Joey would have yeah, had it I mean, there a little bit. Gene Kelly, you were, were kind of tough on it. I on was, episode, but though. yeah, and I, you know, I think it's at a fair place. I mean, it, I was here between nine and ten here, and I think it fell nine, and I think it fell nine because of Gene Kelly. Wow. Okay. So before we hand it over to the prosecution. What were some movies that you had behind it? So I had Oliver, Braveheart, The Artist, Gentleman's Agreement, Argo, and Cavalcade. And, okay. All right, so let's just go here at this, because, Chris, you had Braveheart below that, too. I do. Okay, so when we get to Braveheart, when we get to the Braveheart conversation, I want to hear yeah. about, about American it's, it, Paris it's versus Braveheart. It's interesting, yeah. But what were some of the movies you had below um, American Paris? American, uh, Oliver, Braveheart, The Artist, Union and the Botany, Gentleman's Agreement, Cavalcade. Okay, so a lot, a lot of ones we haven't talked yeah. about yeah. other than... Right, right. So we'll get to yeah. that. We'll... The, when we get yeah. there. So, Grant, 14, that's a low. That's a low. Yeah, I mean, I guess whatever whatever Joey is born with, whatever Gene, like, I guess we can call it the Gene Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> whatever whatever Gene he has that makes him like musicals, I'm just without that. I don't have I don't have Tam Dad shoes on my chromosomes. <laughs> I I, pre- I appreciate all of the skill and everything and everything that Gene Kelly does. Um I just can't I just can't knowingly give, like, an Oscar to a movie that has, like, 45 minutes of plot. Yeah. And that, that's so, it's so thin. Well, you I mean, had a similar, a similar uh, critique of Oliver. And any, uh, most well, of the musicals. Well, this, this is what it is with musicals, yeah. where, they, where you sacrifice plot for, yeah. for, for numbers. And if that's what you're into, that's fine. It's just I, not what I'm into at all. I wouldn't say all. Joey and I are into it, per I'm se. Pretty into I think the more, the more, I think you're into musicals. Yeah, Chris, I'll, I'll say this. It's not just about the dancing and the singing, although I thought it was phenomenal in this movie. Yeah. But it's also, he's just a handsome, charismatic sure. guy. Oh, he is. And, and I just thought he was a good actor as well. Jeez, like, like sing, singing in the rain is eons better than American in Paris to me. Well, it, there's a key for me there because yeah. I one of the reasons why I had it ranked, and I thought eleven was pretty high. They compared, you know, but I, I put it in he- ahead of the artists, and I put it ahead of Argo. Yeah, you know, 
Two movies yeah. that are pretty good movies. The fact that American in Paris leads the way for Singing in the Rain, yeah. I think, is very crucial. Mm-hmm. And, sure. and we'll talk about that a little more when we start to talk about the artist when, right. when that comes up. But I think that there's an impact and the impl- implementation of dance into a movie for really the first time. I know like Red Shoes did it a little bit before that. To but, me, there's it's an important movie. And it's a little more important to me than a movie like an Argo or, or, or even a Gentleman's Agreement or Cowboy. Those movies just aren't, in the grand scheme of things, really that impactful on, on cinema culture. And I think that American Paris is. And that's why I have it above so many movies. Because it did things first. And it did things well. And it... I mean, like Chris said, the color saturation for this movie is phenomenal for the time being, for the time it was shot. And I really do think the last 25 minutes, listen, I don't go to the ballet, but I was blown away by that. I think the last, I think the last 20 minutes is the best part of the movie. And if the characters were developed at, or the story developed at all, it would be way higher on my list, for sure. I think that's fair. Artie, you're uh, in attack mode now. I'm with, I'm with Grant. I, too, was born without the Gene Kelly. <laughs> the Kelly Jean. Mu- musicals just detach me. And I, for the same reason I didn't like Oliver, I didn't like American in Paris, and I didn't see that Singing in the Rain was. Did you? Well, you didn't watch Singing in the Rain. <laughs> We're going to belabor this place. Yes. If I watch the plot and don't watch the dancing. You didn't watch Singing in the Rain. Fine. Yeah, that's, that's fair, then fine. Whatever. I don't want to get back on this. But <laughs> I, I don't. I, I just. Musicals don't do it for me. No. I just want to say one more thing, then we can let it go. Have you guys been to Paris, anyone? No, I have not been to okay. Europe, no. So, I've been to Paris. It The movie feels like Paris. Like, it, they do a good job of, of encompassing it. what it's like. Through a Hollywood set, too, which right. is yeah. an achievement. I'm telling you, it, it, it feels like... I, I, if you told me that movie was shot in Paris, I would have been like, yeah. So that you sense. just have like, awesome. random people doing tap numbers for a bunch of kids? Absolutely. That's what Paris the, is. Parisian <laughs> streets. I mean, I need Absolutely. to move to Paris. <laughs> but you know, the, sets are, the sets are really great. The, the cafes, that, that's the way things yeah. are there. You know, they do a good job of capturing that. So. I tell you what, Chris, you do surprise me sometimes. I, I hear did you. Not, did not think I surprise myself. You know, the yeah. thing is, I don't know myself very well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a self-discovery. It, it is. Yeah. It really is. I, I, wow. is it, this is better than any therapy I've ever had. You know, this, this is fantastic. You're watching old musicals. How do you learn about yourself? That's how you learn about yourself. You learn about your psyche if you have right. Gene Kelly or not. I switched to a new therapist. Who? Gene Kelly. Bing Crosby? You heard of him? Called tap therapy. <laughs> so we have uh, that was both number, nine. number nines. Okay, yeah. so we have Artie's number nine is up next. My number nine is Platoon. I have it higher. higher. I have Platoon higher. I have it so higher. Do the low man on Platoon, Artie. Yep. Okay. Figured I would be. All right, number nine for me. Are we ready here? Mm-hmm. With an exclamation point, it is Oliver. So we're segueing into more musical talk here. <laughs> I, uh, should we just sing I, this whole segment? I think that maybe already you should start because it's your fifteen. So I think maybe you just really. Why was this the worst movie that you watched for for the season? So on top of of me not liking the plot and the story being told through constant song and dance, this had the longest musical numbers, and even the musical numbers like the opening "Who Wants to Buy the Boy" that that. <laughs> Where he's sound good when you say it like that. Boy for sale. Yeah, boy for sale. He's not even saying a lot. He's holding these notes like it's an opera as he walks yeah. down the street. It's torture. I don't want to watch that. I want to watch a movie. I want to watch a story. And this is just music. Too much music and not enough story. And it really was just hard to watch for me. And I, I every time I started it, I would get bored and shut it off. So I... <laughs> 
but I would always restart it. I would never cut to where right. I left it off. I, I gonna, gave it the chance. I was gonna every time yell at you for that. No, okay. I get, I went back. I because the first time I watched it, I liked it. So I was like, right. I'm missing something. These other times, yeah, it was just that first time I was missing something. So <laughs> I think that like Oliver, like a number of musicals, there it, there has to be like a level of enchantment to it. If you are drawn in, you have the opportunity to really enjoy it. And if you're just not enchanted by it, you're probably you're not going to have a good time. You're out on it. Uh, where did you guys, the three of you other guys, where did you have Oliver on your list? Ten. One ten. below you. Ten. All right. So you both had a ten. Yep. Grant, you had it. Thirteen. At thirteen. Grant, which ones did you have behind it? American in Paris and Cavalcade. Okay. I also had this two ahead of American in Paris. Did everyone have this ahead of American in Paris? Yes. Okay. And no. I thought, no. Oh, no, Joel and I did not. I mean, okay. Or you guys had, had, oh, you had one the behind The opposite it. way, yeah. All right. Yeah, so opposite. one of my key points as to why I bumped it up a bit over American Paris, even though American Paris, I think, is probably more historically important i thought that they used the choreography brilliantly absolutely in the movie mm-hmm. and did so with a, a variety of, of cast members they had a massive cast it was a it was a massive production you have carol reed the director who is a noir director who transitions into this spectacle of a musical having the the difference in what he's used to put into a new vessel and a new venue it showed tremendously to me. The music to me is, is one of the best parts of this movie. I, I thought the songs were fantastic. I I mean, I guess it helped that I, I knew them coming in. Chris, I know you were you were on the episode, but you... I think it's some of the best songs in any musical we've covered. So and far. I agree, and I know... Uh, I know you disagree. We'll talk later. No, yeah, I know. I, mean, I know that. No, we'll talk yeah, later Yeah, this is the that. time... All right, all, I mean, this is the time to talk about it. I mean, this is... Well, I'm sure you're going to bring up Sound of yeah, Music, and, right? Yeah, and we can talk about Sound of Music because we talked about our other rankings episode, so we can talk about that. And matters. I have now seen it, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It, um, it's very good. Uh, sound, sound of Music has the best. Uh, that, I think. I agree with that. So, I, I mean, it's, don't we have know if do, I agree with we that. We have Do-Ray. We have cl- I don't, there's not a classic that people sing in school in Oliver that I mean, you know right the now. The plays are huge, though. That gets I, I, Do-Ray-Me is a... All-time song. Already, Favorite I, things. I, no, you're, 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 I'm not arguing that they're more famous songs, yeah. for sure. Definitely. I knew every single one of them, almost. Right. I just prefer the songs in all of it. Okay, That's fair. And, and as I said in the episode, the big tracks on Sound of Music are bigger tracks than Definitely, anything else. Yes. Yeah. But the totality of the soundtrack, top to bottom, yeah. I think that Oliver is just... It's just a better... S- soundtrack top to bottom to me. Yeah, and I, and I love Sound of Music. I'm not taking anything away from And I'm not either. Right. I'm going to strongly disagree with that. Yeah. Right. And, yeah I'm on and, Team Marty then. And I like uh, Oliver. It's it's hard for me to argue against you not connecting with the songs in Oliver. I mean, it, it you didn't connect to it, you didn't connect to it. Right. If I didn't like the songs in Oliver, like, I hated the songs in American Paris, personally. I don't I don't think they're good right. at all. Right. I get excited for each next number in sure. Oliver because I like the music, and the music makes me feel good. It's a, it's Listen, it's a G-rated family movie, so if... You know, if you're not into watching that or if you're against it, you really you it's not, right? not going to be too much, you know, I guess I, I might be a little close to it because it's something I've always known. Right. Um, but but I, that's I just, valid. I, that's this was right. the biggest, these, this was the biggest surprise of the season for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, me too. I went to come in to this, okay, this is, we're just getting this episode out there just to get through another Best Picture winner. I thought this was going to be a bottom right. 15 in the grand scheme of things <laughs> for me. I was absolutely taken away by this movie yeah. I, I just yeah. i just really it really hit home with me that's great and yeah, yeah where, where this movie excels is the um is the production value yes, of it 100%. by far that's that's kind of why i maybe put it up as I, I know in the grand scheme of things in season two it's not that high but overall oh, i have it a little bit higher it's not as not as bad as you think the sets are tremendous mm-hmm. and they're really detailed and the camera work through that uh, detailed set is is really exceptional, and they capture um, the choreography really well. Yeah, the, and the, and, and, the, and the costuming is is great and everything. Yes, but it's yeah. just 
this this it's such a great such an interesting story yep. and it's yeah i don't get why, that why, there's no story part because it's a charles it's, dickens literary classic so no, there's, I mean, a, lot there's story. a story there I know it's spread thin. I, I, but, but I get, watch, I get watch, what Artie's but saying. Watch, but you watch David Lean's Oliver Twist. Yeah, you watch I love this. that too. No, but I'm saying, both. but what I'm saying is, you watch them back to back. You can't say that David Lean's isn't a better story than the one in Oliver. Well, yeah, well, because they they lean on they lean on the source material more, right. and yeah, it's it's as far as as the movie is being made, the story is told better through cinema. Right. In in that, but but it's also it it doesn't have to do anything but that and camera work. No, Whereas the other movie has to do the camera work, has to do the story, and has to do these gigantic numbers. Yeah, elaborate, and, elaborate, yeah, and, uh, sure. uh, with ki- tons with of kids, kids and everything else. Man, I, I just, I go back to that I Do Anything song. That's and if you, if my you favorite just, If you movie. give yourself a chance with, with the movie and look at what they're doing with the story, with the characters, and with the emotionality of being in the lower class and yep. how they all interact with each other, and just forget it for a moment that it's a musical and it's a song and dance, and just look at how those characters interact with each other Fantastic. in that number, I think you might better understand why I have rated this movie so high. And I, I appreciate that, and I think that I Do Anything is my favorite. I think the biggest mark against this movie is Oliver. Yes. Uh, and yeah. I think... But I, Oliver is not making it 15 on the list. I mean, if you no, have, it, no, you no, have no, it no. 15, there's greater issues. Yeah, but, but for me, I'm saying yeah. why I have it, you know, one under American in Paris. Um, so I, I think that hurt it a little bit for me. And, and in close races, you have to figure out what's close. And I think that's why an American in Paris went over. I think in addition to everything I said there, I think directorial-wise, it's close to a top five directorial performance. Yeah, with really great. I and agree. It's, you know, that's... Uh, Artie, you should yeah. check out uh, The Third Man. Which is uh, Cal Reed's other it's on one, my left. which you love. It's on yeah, my left, which you love, and and I don't I don't want to say that you'll definitely appreciate Oliver anymore after watching that, but it does give some interesting context because I had not seen that movie the time we recorded the Oliver episode. Oh, really? I saw it after the fact, <coughs> and it just made me kind of think even more about it. And just yeah, it's you know. And I also watched the David Lean Oliver Twist at Grant's recommendation. Yeah. What a Incredible. fucking yeah. movie. Yeah. Well, I yeah, mean, you know, like, holy David Lee is one of the best writers right. ever lived. But so. unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Okay, so that was number nine. Yep. We're moving on to number eight. Grant, you're number eight. My eight is Platoon. Higher. Okay. Higher. I have Platoon higher. I had it at you nine. Already put it out yeah. there already. Okay. Yeah. So we now move to Joey's number eight. My number eight is Annie Hall. Okay. Also my number eight. Higher. Wow. I have, it, I have Ar- it higher. Artie has it at number eight, too. I have it higher. So uh, Artie and Joey Damn are the me. low men on uh, on. Chris, we're on such a roll, <laughs> man. I, know, I, feel I, know, like, right? I feel betrayed. <laughs> it's okay. We're not far <laughs> I'll tell you what. It's, it's, it's interesting to see that there's usually... It seems that there's two people that have a movie in each yeah. spot, which is yeah. kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, I thought so, Chris was scanning his list and didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. He's Chris, like, oh, I did night in Paris. <laughs> my number eight is Argo. Oh, so it's oh, Argo right. time. Argo that's, time. That's the high man. Uh, yeah. Joey, you were the second I'm a low man. man. Let's Argo for it. Uh, I, have, I have Argo at 13. Joey, where did you have it? 14. 14. So you're the low man. I had a 10. And um, I had it at 11. Okay. So, uh, Chris, you were not on the Argo episode, so why don't we hear what you have to say about it? Listen. For me, it's it's a movie about something that historically is is an important event. Uh, I think it was told really well and a little uh, known important event as far as like the grand little story. known, it's yeah, not that's history, right. not, not in like seventh grade history, books. but had major consequences. Yeah, huge. And, and, oh my god, yeah. You know, I think it was told really well. Uh, it was engaging. It was it captured uh, Iran 
in that time. I, I, I mean, not that I was there, but it seems <laughs> like it was, it seems like they stay, tried to stay true to what was happening at the time. It has, it's not perfect. It's not a perfect movie, no. but uh, I've watched it a few times and I just really enjoy the movie. And I, I think it's, I think it deserves to be in the conversation. as, as a, Who was like the movie. second high man on that? I was 10. Yeah, so I think I was, it was, I was 11. It was, I was no, 11. 11. Okay. No, 10 and 11. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're and, not too yeah. far off. I had, this is probably one of the movies that gave me the most trouble in a lot of this in ranking because I really, really like Argo. And yeah. I had it at 13. I really like the movie. I'm just, I keep scratching my head as to it being a best picture winner. That's my biggest issue because yeah. it's just, mm-hmm. it's kind of paper thin with yes. themes and with depth. And it's just, it's an action movie. And I like the fact that there's an action movie that is a Best Picture winner. But it makes me wonder, like, if a bunch of cops pose as a movie crew to try to infiltrate Dennis Hopper's bus, would Speed be a Best Picture winner? You know, like, I, right. I just look at it like that and, and say, is that mo- is the movie aspect of it what what brought it up to that, to that status? Yeah, I think when we talked about Argo, we kind of said it was, like, the best John Clancy movie ever. It had that feel to it where I would watch this, like, whenever it's on. Yeah. But I just, like, like what you said, it's just... When you compare it to other Oscar winners, it, it really lacks a lot. I don't dislike it at all. I had it at 14, so it may seem so, but I didn't. But I just think for, we're ranking Best Picture Movies, I think for a Best Picture Movie, it's very shallow. And yeah. I, I'm a big history guy. I pay, I read history books all the time, but I just think it's shallow. I think it's there. I think when, you know, looking deeper at, like, why is this person doing this? What is this? What are these themes? I, I think it'll, I think it falls short there. Now, if it comes on TV, am I going to watch it? hundred percent. And, you know, like the Carter administration in the history books, that's like the part of the history book where we're almost at the end and the teacher's tired of teaching. And we're <laughs> yeah. June already. It's like, oh, I read this at home. Right. It's like June 2nd. Yeah. This, this part won't be on the final. Don't worry. We yeah. don't need to go over the They the just, they just wrapped Nixon and they're just right. like, they just want to get through this. Yeah, that's just. We'll talk about Reagan on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, co- the the geopolitical consequences of that particular event, and I, I think they gave up on the the, the dramatic themes, uh, like a lot of the Oscar movies have, for to put you in a place in time. I think that was more more important to them to put you it in was, that place and in that. They did time. a great job. It was of very that. it was very story centric, <clears throat> right? Where you you um, it's just like these. This is what happened. We're just gonna lay it out. I was going to show you what happened. And this is why it mattered also. Yeah, sure. And I think they did a decent job yeah. of, of, of yeah, putting this, that this out there. Be, and this is how it changed things yeah, sure. in that country, in our country, are yeah. uh, working with another, you know, with Canada. You know, th- that there's a lot going into that story. And yeah. it's something that it's just, people should know. Yeah, sure. It's just, it's I agree just, there. It's just far from a character piece. It's far from yeah, a character story. Correct. And if, yeah. if it, depends on, it depends on what you're looking for. That's really what it comes and down to. And what you're expecting of it. Sure. Yeah, and yes. you know, I I had this one tied with Gentleman's Agreement. Really, like I, I look, I had them both right there, and I'm just trying to figure out which one. And I really stayed away from when making the list. I stayed away from any reviews or anything. I wanted to have of my course. own yeah, my yeah. own perspective. So when I think I had it settled, I just looked up the reviews of the two. And Gentleman's Agreement was very torn. Either people thought it was a brilliant study of racism, or they thought it was a shallow study of racism from the upper class. And I'm like, okay, that that kind of makes some sense. <laughs> Argo is probably the same thing. No. I struggle to find a negative review of Argo. Yeah. People love the movie. No, but I'm talking about critics, though. But there's too. not like, much to hate about any, it. Anything negative the, I saw yeah. about Argo was, it's not fully accurate to the way it right. really happens. But and it's not a really hateable, it's which, not a hateable which, movie. Which is never something that I care about. I'm going to belabor the point of the first rankings episode. Argo's a good movie. Right. We're ranking it against 
other best picture winners. Yeah. Or, like you said, Argo, I, I when Argo's on, it, I'm leaving it on. 100%. Every it's, time it's on. It took a bit of a perfect storm for it to win that year. It's a weird winner. Yes. Amongst the others, it's going to kind of fall low on the list, for me at least. I think like, it comes down to what you... Do you expect the same thing from every Oscar best picture winner? Or are will you allow room for something different that's, to that's yeah. great that's very well said yeah that's yeah. very well said now chris what were some of the movies you had below it on your list american in paris oliver braveheart the artist oh, wow. Newton and the bounty it's it yeah. seems i mean yeah. the musicals i get that I, I, that that comes down to preference we're, when we get to braveheart i'm interested i'm going to be interested into that into that little matchup too by the way a movie i really love and yeah. i have since i was a kid so yeah so that's we'll that's going to be that. It's going to be interesting to talk there. My number eight is Braveheart. So it's, it, okay. it will be time okay. to talk about that. Before we do that, I want to talk about um, some of the beers we're drinking. I know that some of them have been finished at this point. I, uh, I'll, I'll go first here. I have Montauk has, has always been a big favorite here. It's a frequent flyer here. I could not bring it out for the end of season two. Yeah. And they had a new, a new beer online, and that is the, uh, the Eastern Haze India Pale Ale. 4.9%. How's that? It's delicious, by the okay. way. Awesome. I, I, I'm happy they, they got a real good tasting one that's a little lower in alcohol. It's a um, like, like a sandy gold color. I mean, Montauk's known mustardy. for their different color. Yeah. yeah, it's like a mustardy Mustardy color, gold. Yeah. yeah, pretty good. Graham, what do you have there? Well, it's uh, it's early May. Really nice day out today. I saw Montauk Summers at 7-Eleven, so I picked up a six of that. <laughs> yeah, outstanding. And that's the, that's the light blue. Light blue yeah. can. I love it. So I went looking for the Montauk Session IPA because that was what I was drinking at the first episode I did, Cuckoo's Nest, and at the first rankings episode, so I was trying to stay consistent, but I could not find it, so I went with the Montauk Summer Ale Hopped because, summer too. you know, it's, it's getting nice and how to drink Montauk for the big ones. Love it. Love it. Chris? All right, so I, you know, we all usually do Montauk, and I I, I At least figured, one of us, yeah. At yeah. least one of us, I, I usually have that in my repertoire. However, I watched 17 brand new movies this week. So <laughs> I picked a beer that we haven't I haven't had on the podcast yet. This is a Legion Contact Haze Hazy IPA. Wow, excellent. Nice. That's and, a great uh, can. Elysian yeah. only makes good beers. Yeah, Elysian, uh, 100%. Uh, the Elysian Brewery out in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, and that's by our friends from the 1001 by 1 podcast throughout in in uh, in the state of Washington too. Great podcast. So, and I've been to the Elysian Brewery before, really. Have you really? Oh, have you really? Yeah, yeah, oh, my, wow. my visit to Seattle. Oh, yeah, sure. really cool. really cool. They have a, a few locations in the city around there. Um, nice. Big big restaurants too, like where they Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a it's a hot spot awesome. over there. So, cool. yeah, good stuff. It's a great can though. I, I I can't get over that. Yeah. All right. I'm back on my Sierra Nevada sampler pack from the artist episode. Nice. Uh, today I well right now I have nothing in front of me because we've been talking for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but I started off with the Hot Bullet Double IPA from double Sierra on. Nevada. That was the first <clears throat> one I had. Uh, since then, I've had two lighter ones. This is the sampler from Sierra Nevada I recommend. All right, so Montauk, Elysian, and Sierra Nevada, good stuff. Um, so we won't talk Braveheart just yet. Because I had it eight. <laughs> I, it's, Art, you had it higher? Yeah, so Graham, I think. And, no, Graham was lower. Oh, I have it higher. So we're going to hold off on the on the Braveheart talk, and we're going to head to the number sevens. Grant, your number seven. My number seven is The Sting. Grant has higher. The Sting at seven. Higher. Joey, you have it higher. Chris has it higher. Higher. I also have it at seven, Grant. So okay. So we have some pot go there. All right. Unlucky number seven for the sting. Joey, you're number seven. Number seven, I have Birdman. Birdman at higher. seven. I have it higher. Samesies. Okay. I had a feeling Birdman was going to be pretty different on some, but Joey and Artie both have Birdman at seven. You guys have it higher, you said? Uh, I have it lower. I was I a low man yeah. on Birdman. Grant. Birdman okay. was my 10. Chris, you're number seven. Annie Hall. Okay. I have Annie Hall higher. I have it higher. Artie, yours, you said your number seven was Birdman. also the Birdman, and mine was also the Sting. 
Okay. So we're going to Grant's number six. Yes. Here we go. My six is the artist. Okay. And that has got to be the high one for the artist. Yeah. Got to be. Right? Okay. Yeah. So six. That is uh, that is something. I am the low man with the artist at 12, I think. Right? I have it at 12. Too. I had a 12. Oh, three of us yeah. have it at 12. Okay. okay. So, Grant, you were on the episode. I was. But why don't you give a, a little uh, a little reason why you had this in your upper half of, of your 15 minutes. Yeah. I just think it's a it's a movie that you don't really, you don't see. And, you know, you don't see nowadays. And despite its, its silent film, black and white gimmick, you have complete, um, at least I was, Completely immersed in the story, um, with really likable characters, and a, a, let's see, a plot where you uh, you care about what happens to the guy, and it's it's hard to I feel like it's hard to convey that in 2011, you know, with a modern audience with a silent black and white film, and I think it does it brilliantly. So I mean, you know, I, I do want to hear from Chris here because he was the only one who really wasn't on that episode, and I do want to say as I was one of the low men for the artists. I, I do like the artists a lot. And yeah. it, well, I, I mentioned before, there were two movies I liked less than my original viewing. This is one of the two. But it's not because, okay. I don't think it's for a fault of the movie. It's just that I think I've, else seen, you saw? I've seen more movies yeah. since. And That's I kinda, what got you. The first time I saw it, I didn't I didn't know everything that they were trying to do in it. And whereas the second time, I kind of, yeah. I, I, I read the playbook with it and I, it, it made a little more, Sure. It, the movie kind of, it, it just, its true colors came out a little bit to okay. me. It is still a delightful movie. And I will say this before I turn it over to Chris. In us releasing the episode, I spoke to a bunch of people who saw The Artist for the first time, and most of them had glowing reviews about it. And that answered one of the big questions I had that episode is, would people really care about this movie in 2021? Yeah. And it seems like, and it's on Netflix now, so it is yeah. available to people. So it is, so that question was kind of answered a bit. But Chris, why did you have it at 12? Okay, so first of all, I had it at 12. So it's not like I hated it. Right, uh, but it is in the bottom four for you. I, I, relative, correct. Yeah, yeah. It's relative. But if you think about, if you look at me and you know what I like and dislike, it's a black and white silent. <laughs> it's a miracle it wasn't fifteen. It, right? I mean, <laughs> it, if I could, it, it was I literally it was punching put it at twenty. Up. You know, like there wasn't even twenty. It's punching know? up. Um, so that being said, so I did enjoy aspects of it. I thought it was really well acted. Uh, I thought it was well shot. All that good stuff. I also thought it was gimmicky. Yeah, and I thought it was Oscar bait. It, it seems like a type of movie that this is why people hate the Oscars. Some people hate the Oscars, is that they they go for these movies that no more normal people just do not want to watch. You know, yeah. average people. I'm sorry, and, and I'm normal. Uh, sorry, and that was one people. of the questions I asked. Right. That was answered by that the fact that some people enjoyed it. And we we do we do bring that up on the podcast where this could have been a remarkable failure too. Like they they could have they could have sought out and yeah. they could have they could have tried to make this movie. And just completely fall on their face about it, but they didn't, and they and they managed to make a modern, good, yeah. black and white silent movie. Agree, Grant. Yeah. I don't agree. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. At all. I'm just saying that it's just after a while, it got to the point where like, okay, I get this. I, I get what they're doing. I get yeah. it. You know. And for me, and and I kind of go back to where I went with Argo with this, and I'm just saying, compared to the other Best Picture winners. I'm not going to really go for a movie that's kind of aping other classic movies to get its name and get its seat at the table. And that's kind of what I feel about the artist. And I had yeah. them back to back. I had Argo at 13 and Artists at, at 12. But then I had American in Paris at 11. Mm -hmm. And one of the big reasons, and I paired the artists and, and American in Paris together because they're both connected to Singing in the Rain. Sure. One is kind of the story from the other angle and the artist. And American in Paris is the movie that 
stylistically led into Singing in the Rain. And Literally. kind of, is, I think the reason why Singing in the Rain didn't get 100%. the Oscar attention it did, because it's the following year, and it's Gene Kelly directing, and the Academy was like, all right, we just, we just rewarded this. We're not going to do this again. Rather than taking a step back and realizing, oh, wait, no, no, this the is the movie that people are going to be talking about for centuries. Right. So, And also, are people going to... I think people have already forgotten about the artist in a lot of ways. But they haven't forgotten about Singing in the Rain, is my point. Yeah. And, I know, I, to your point. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but it's, listen, it's streaming on Netflix, and they don't, they don't stream movies on Netflix for no, no reason. It's a solid movie. I'm it's, not taking yeah. that away from it. It's a good movie, honestly, for me, and I know, um, I know Kieran disagrees from the podcast, but the second act dragged for me, where after I watched it, I texted Artie, I was like, this is the longest hour 99 minute movie I've ever seen and it was because of the second Joey, act. Joey, yeah, I really totally did. agree. And it really... I, I was I was involved the first uh, act. So the second act was... 30 tough. minutes... 30 the minutes third in, act is what hit me. 30 me. minutes yeah. into the movie, I went to text Kieran. I literally had a text typed out like, oh my God, I'm in love with this. And I was like, eh, let me wait. Let me yeah, make sure yeah, that yeah. I'm not too early. And then as I got into it, I was like, second act, I was like, I was literally like trudging, and the third act picked up for me. Yeah. And you know, I really like it. I think it was good. I think it did a lot. And I'm and I like movies that pay homage to things. Like I don't hold that against it because I think I think there's a big difference between ripping off where there's no originality paying versus homage. paying homage where yeah. you're like, hey, listen, Billy Wilder did this. We're gonna do this, but we're gonna add some originality. I respect that because yeah. you're taking something, you're showing what you appreciate and adding your own twist to it. I don't hold that against things. We touch, I, I, I we, agree, Joey. We touch on the on the acts. It's it's funny how the acts. Some people prefer one act over the other. Yeah. In, in this movie specifically, compared to other best picture movies we've covered, Grant and I both liked Acts One and Three. Yes, mm-hmm. and Kieran preferred Act Two. Two, yeah. I just yeah. love that was the, his favorite act. No, so it's interesting how each act can be polarizing. It's also a very clear cut yeah. movie in terms of three-act structure. Yeah, like, definitely. There is no question where it is. Like, some movies you're trying to work it out. And, and it's our most recent episodes. You can go and listen right, to that. Great, you, you, great episode. you get all our thoughts on, on why uh, why we liked what actually And watch Sunset for. Boulevard. I'm just going to throw that yeah, out real quick. Yeah, it's good. Billy Wilder, because Billy, Billy Wilder is fucking, fucking awesome. awesome. There you go. Uh, so that was... That was six. That was who's six? My six. The Grant six. So, Joey, what is your six? My number six is Sting. The Sting. Higher. Higher. Okay. Person already have it higher. Uh, Chris, you're number six. I have Platoon at number six. Okay. Higher. I have it higher. Okay. My number six is Amadeus. Oh, I have it higher. higher. I, have I have Amadeus higher. higher. Okay. I'm surprised. We're up to my six, and my six is Mutiny on the Bounty. I have it higher. Jesus. Okay. Joey has you it higher. It so higher? We're gonna wait. Oh, yeah. I have it higher, too. <laughs> Chris is... <laughs> <laughs> I'm scratching. I'm scratching myself. I'm, I'm so, yeah, I'm so perturbed. I love it. Okay, so we're on to uh, the top fives now, right? We're yeah. Top five of season two. <laughs> so before we get into our top fives for season two, we are getting in the DeLorean and we're going back to the future. We're, ca- we're recasting a perfectly casted movie. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's what we what do around we? here. Damn it! What are we doing here? It wasn't clear before. There is an around the world. In 80 Days, Best Picture winner. Mm-hmm. And that is a Jules Verne property. Right. And Back to the uh, Future was very much leaning on Jules Verne's Time Machine as an okay. inspiration for what it did. So we are going to do a little two-part episode of Around the World in 80 Days and Back to the Future. Yeah, so, back, back to the Future 3 is his kids, Doc's kids are named Jules and Verne. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly and right. That's, yeah. that's, that's the whole courting. Yeah. yeah. That was a great love of Jules Verne while star watching. So how we're doing this is that we've Six characters from Back to the Future. Marty, Doc Brown, George McFly, Lorraine McFly, Biff, 
and the principal Strickland. And we've recast them using season two actors and actresses. Now, we may have additional roles that we want to do as we mix in. I mean, if anybody recasts Huey Lewis in the news, we're probably going to ask you to leave. <laughs> because they're the most perfect thing in yes. that game. <laughs> we're going to start with Marty. We're going to, we're going to each give ours yeah. for each character. We're going to go well, character for character. Okay. Um, so, Marty... Now, I think that for Marty, there's probably like a super popular answer I think most people went to. I agree. And there's probably a second place super popular one. Uh, so, I want to know if anyone went in another direction. I got, I got direction. that vibe with all of these characters. Okay, Recast. so... See, I did so, it. Artie, who was your Marty then? Woody Allen. Whoa, what? Wait, you thought that Woody Allen was the super obvious character for Marty? Like the four? No, I said this was my weakest. That's Have the you the ever seen I... Back to the Future? Yes, yeah, so, this is the one so I struggled had... with. Oh my I love the nervousness, so, the franticness and the I nervousness. I have Woody Allen, but not for that character. All right, so you have Woody Allen... From as, Marty as McFly, a as a high school student. Sliding and breaking into a solo on Johnny B. Bad in the middle of the stage. Johnny B. Good. Johnny be good, and then Johnny be bad was the WCW with, with the started. girlfriend. That's what I have, man. Elizabeth Shue. I told you, I you think he's dating one. Elizabeth Shue? Have you seen his movies? He dates whoever he wants. <laughs> That's, That's true. Wow, I'm I'm regretting starting with Artie, and, 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 and but at the same time, just so happy. That's. Horrific and amazing at the same time. I, I gotta say, I'm pic- trending I'm just, towards horrific. I'm, I'm picturing him wearing that jacket and, and on his skateboard on the on the back, the back of the truck, <laughs> getting dragged by the truck down the street with Huey. I didn't think about that. He's just like, I guess you don't like it, but your kids are gonna love it. That is amazing. All right, so that was not the obvious answer that I was thinking of, Joey. Let's bring us back down to earth here. So, what? so for Marty McFly, I went with Tom Holche, Holse from Amadeus. Wow, he was my backup. I also did. Okay, yeah, you I, two you love guys are dude. Adorable. What is going on? Tonight? I don't know. Simpatico, same shirts. Okay, I, I guess I can I'm, see it. He's young. He's energetic. It. He could. He, yeah. Move, he moves. His movements are very similar. Like that athletic movement consistently. Did they come out the same year, Amadeus and, and oh, Back Future? I think no, it's right I think, there. I think Amadeus was a year before. Amadeus was 84. No. Back no. Future was 85. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there was so right yeah, around the same time. So it would make some time. sense. Yeah. And that was also part of my thinking because I think he just really fits into that role. I, I just thought that the young, energetic thing. Yes, young, Chris energetic, nimble. Yeah, yeah. had that too. Yeah. Same um, thing. Grant. Mine was Johnny Depp. That was the obvious one that I was thinking that, that one would pick. Oh, yeah. Johnny I considered Depp. that, but yeah. I... He's too... But he's, he's too, too cool. pretty. He's, and he's cool and he's too good pretty. looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could, yeah I you need I like an awkward, kind of an awkward the kind guy. Of the, the Marty character is kind of yeah, but played he, like that. But though, Johnny Depp... That's what I was thinking with Woody Allen. the girls, got the band... Well, no, I yeah, don't but he's a loser. But Karen. Johnny Depp wouldn't lose. All right, don't pull me back down. Johnny Depp wouldn't lose the that fucking the, mud the, hole again. He, the, 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 he's a loser. The battle of the bands <laughs> in the beginning. Yeah, you're right. Johnny yeah. Depp doesn't but lose. Johnny Depp's in the beginning. We can do that. Yeah, Johnny Depp plays dorky too, though, doesn't he? I mean, I thought of that too. But yeah, I think I Tom Holche has that. that one. Could pull a lot and has that kind of like nerdy but cool guy too. I went with the second place obvious one. In Charlie Sheen. So, Charlie Sheen is my Marty McFly. Yes, again, I, too cool and handsome for me, for personally. Yeah. I mean, Michael J. Fox is handsome. It's, but he's like, he got that voice, you know? He's, like, <laughs> he's, like, you know, he's a nerd, dude. Doc! Yeah, Doc! Yeah, exactly. He, he, can't, get, right. he can't afford the truck, his band kind of stinks. Our movies are starting on, on interesting spots here. Who are Marty's playing with here? With Doc Brown. Grant, why don't we have you go first? Artie's like, Artie's like Diane Keaton. I'm telling you, 
Kieran? <laughs> <Here? laughs> oh my god. Fuck okay, it, I was gonna say something. Uh, listen, you know you're, I, you're the most grounded here. Oh, like, look. Um I for Doc I put Michael Keaton. Uh okay. okay. I, I thought about that okay, one. Okay, he was like Beetle Juicy. I have yeah. him elsewhere. Okay. But I liked him there. Chris. I have for Doc Brown, uh Ron Moody. Fagan. Oh, oh, that's a good oh. one. That's good. I have him too. Wow, our dear Ron Moody. Ron, hey, Ron Moody. Oh, nice. All right. A little creepier version. Yeah. 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 Darker. He's, he's, he's probably like, molesting so Marty, he's like, but, uh... You better fix he, the socket door. He mol- he's, like, trying to plug the thing <laughs> back in the socket door. That's how he... <laughs> you got to fix the socket door. <laughs> <laughs> I went with Herbert Munden from Mutiny on the Bounty and Cavalcade. Oh, oh, okay. The leaning, man. That's yeah. good. I was leaning towards more his mutiny character, but he was good in Cavalcade, listen, too, so... as long as he stays away from stagecoaches, he'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> It's like okay. revolving doors. Just stay away. Artie, you fucking don't revolve. You're Doc doors. Brown. Artie, so you also had Ron Moody with, with Chris. So I had, this was the one, I'm going to go full Artie B on this one here, oh, where I have four of them. You had every so my actor runners over 50. Up, unfortunately, Brendan Gleeson didn't get the callback, but I, I wanted him in that role there for sure. Okay. So uh, Mel Gibson also, too, I thought would have made a good Doc Brown. <laughs> Racist. Runner up for me was Brian Cranston. Okay. As Doc Brown. Oh, yeah. Jeez. I forget yeah. how many people were in Argo. That's yeah, such a, right. such a, a well, right. I yeah. such a well of actors. But the winner just... here, for me, and I don't know if you're going to like this one, Artie, I have Forrest Whitaker playing Doc Brown. <laughs> that's Wait, really I have, I have, leaving I have, it all out on the field. I have a question that's way too late to ask. <laughs> Are we doing it at the age of they were in the it's movie? Time no, no. Five okay, so, so, so yeah, you can yeah, take it at any age. point of their career. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker. All right, cool. you know, let's let's right. let them get him in there. You know, I got him and Charlie Sheen reuniting their their platoon their platoon cool. job and getting. You're making there. a different movie, but I'm into it. My runner-ups were clearly better than my, my choice here, but we're on to let's let's do the uh, the female lead here. Let's do Lorraine McFly. Oh, okay, Artie, you want to go first here? Try to. <laughs> Elizabeth, Elizabeth Berridge, Mozart's yeah, wife. Mine too. Okay. Very nice. That's a great choice. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Chris, you're Lorraine McFly. Jane Wyman. Former Mrs. Ronald Reagan. That's also mine. Jane yeah. Wyman. Oh, you're really? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Who, yeah. who was she again? What was she in? Uh, the weekend. lead from the Oh, right, weekend. right, yeah. right. Yeah. And Helen, I, 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 she kind of looks weekend. similar to the, the woman who plays yep. her in, real, in the movie, and I just, you know, thought that would be a good one. Yeah, I thought, I thought the same there. I went um, Naomi Watts. I really oh, thought, like, because I thought yeah. she'd be great young. I thought she'd be really yeah. good. Like, I thought, yeah, that's good. I forget, she would I be really. forget she's in that movie. Yeah, and yeah. I, what, what movie is she in? Birdman. Birdman. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, because, uh, because, again, I was really focused on, like, all right, how would they look in the old makeup or the young? Like, how would they fit? And I couldn't think of anyone but Naomi gotcha. Watts. That's a great one. Yeah, that, that really is a great like one. That one. Yeah, that's um, great. We're going to do George McFly now next. The Crispin Glover. Well, I, I think it's a crime to recast Crispin Glover personally. I agree. Personally, so. yeah, what what was was right? I mean, they did it and got sued. I think I would really get sued once I tell you my answer. I had the hardest time with this one, for sure. And uh, it seems like the worst answer should just go first now, I guess, as we do. So I have Gene Kelly playing uh, George McFly. I'm not going to comment on Bringing that. his tap dancing shoes to the dance. Okay. I think Joey just went for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> in his tap shoes. Well, his tap shoes <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> well hey, oh, when he, down the street. When he takes that dance, you know, it's it, has, it turns into a big sequence. Yeah, nothing nothing says nerd a dance like Gene Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh boy, Grant, who did you have as George McFly? This is the last minute edition. I have uh, John Cazale, who oh, plays Fredo in uh, The Godfather. One. Okay, All I feel right. like he's good. Like I feel like he plays that meek character very yeah, I well, think that's, and he can yeah. play both young and old. That is a great call. Yeah. I like that. I went. Um, I went. Mark Moses, Lieutenant Wolf from Platoon, the okay. ineffectual oh, leader. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes. yes. So I thought he would really fit in yeah. there. I chose Woody Allen. There it is. Fuck, I was gonna say it again if you didn't. Or do we now have to discuss like what Back to the Future would look like if Woody Allen played every character like Eddie Murphy style? Earlier today, I had Woody Allen for Marty and Woody Allen in parentheses in a costume for George McFly. So you really don't want to do this character? It's it's an awkward role. He's an awkward guy in the in the movie. I just Woody Allen was old when he was young. Literally, he looked old when he was, yeah, like, 25. Yeah, yeah, He's like, Biff. <laughs> yeah. I just don't yeah, know. I don't want to talk to her. You know, I don't want to go there. Yeah, you know, I, you? I really, I was talking to her first, Biff. I mean, I can't, <laughs> exactly. This is really. You, you are, uh, It's not fair. You are, um. <laughs> my, not fair. My, my density. <laughs> <laughs> you know. We went. From you know this season separating the art from the artist and the, and the, the problematic the problematic filmmakers that were and now we're just putting the problematic filmmakers in every <laughs> oh Lord Artie you're George McFly so I went with Charlie Sheen the greasy you know okay. greasy parted hair I do like that kind of yeah, acting like, like a the crackhead which he is he did that in a movie I think <laughs> yeah. at one point he played a nerdy kind of character at one point we'll, we'll end with Biff I guess and yeah, we'll do Prince Principal uh, Strickland Principal Strickland next. Yeah, I have uh, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, I thought about. That's okay. a good one. Yeah, I thought he'd like be that. really good. And he, I mean, he even gets to be a sheriff in the Old West in the third one. Like, I could see Keaton oh, in all cool. those roles. Yeah. Uh, I, I had to go full heel in this one. I went Charles Lawton as the principal. So did I. That's yep. good, yeah. Okay. That's Very a good nice. one. That's a good one. That's full heel. I wonder if you and I had the same one, Chris. What do you, what do you got? Shaw? No. Oh, I Shaw, I thought that's great. Yeah. yeah, Shaw is fantastic. Perfect role for Shaw. And yeah, I, I went really yeah. aggressive. I went really aggressive. I went... Brendan Gleeson, and I just want. <laughs> I love that. He doesn't, awesome. he doesn't like something. He just takes a boulder and smashes you over the fucking <laughs> yeah. head with it. Like, and I really like I that get, Back to Future Three, where he's like, in the yeah, yeah, exactly. I can, I can just, see yeah, Shaw. I'm all into yeah. that. My runner-up though was Solieri. F- he, was yeah. right. he, was, he was mine too. Why yeah. are they oh, yeah. in the halls? Why? <laughs> you're, you're, a, you're a slacker, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> Such mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I uh, ran on Biff, and I mean, I think there's only one right answer for Biff. I think I also do. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, Chris, who's yours? Ben Affleck. That's mine too. Ben Affleck. Oh, I have oh. Shaw here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Shaw is. Oh yeah. Biff. Mine's, really fucking mine's, shit up. Uh, oh my goodness. Mine's Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> No, mine was uh, Ben Affleck's great, but I, mine was John C. McGinley. Okay. Oh, okay. That, well, yep. That's good. Yeah. That, that makes me. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. I went with Kevin Dillon. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. It's like a dummy. You know, big yeah. dummy. Like, I want to be bigger, yeah. though. Well, I mean, Ben Affleck isn't, like, huge. He's just a dick. He's, he's, he's big, though. Batfleck is, is huge. But no, but I just pictured him in, like, a... But he's days of confused. He's a big guy. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, he's, I a, just, he's a D-lineman. I was picturing, like, Johnny Drama, basically. I know, it's Shaw. Yeah, I mean, I want a fucking... I want a murderer for a bit. That's really funny. You're a slacker, Marty. So I also recast Jennifer. 
Uh, okay. I and they, Back to the Future actually had to recast her. They recast her in the first one. one. Um, I want Emma Stone. Yeah, that she'd make yeah. a great Jennifer. That's the yeah. That makes some sense. I, uh, I, recast, I did a bonus one with uh, Goldie Wilson, who was the... Um, Right. He worked at the diner and becomes the mayor. Yeah. Uh, Keith David. Okay, Perfect. would be great. Yeah. yeah. Be great yeah. I think Keith David really fits into a lot of things. I love Keith David. He should, yeah. should be in every movie. Yeah, right. I, I love uh, Keith yeah. David. Right. I mean, you know, we've talked about him in not being used enough in Roadhouse. He's, I mean, he's fantastic yeah. and they live. Okay, so we're headed to the top five now, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. All right, let's get it done here. Come on. <clears throat> Grant, you're going to lead us off here with your number five. Amadeus, Amadeus. Amadeus is two. at five. Me too. I have it higher. Me too. I have it higher. Wow. Um, Artie, I did not think you'd be the low man. Me, on I'm blown away by that. Either. I'm surprised. It, it comes down to the five movies ahead of it. And you, right. had it at, well, you had it at seven, six. right? Six. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Joey, you're number five. Amadeus. Oh, you're, oh Joey and Grant both yeah. had Amadeus at five. Chris, you're number five. Lost Weekend. The Lost I have that higher. Five. I have that higher. I have that higher. Higher. Okay, Artie, you're number five. Braveheart. Braveheart of five. That's got to be the highest. So it's time. It's Braveheart time. This is an interesting. This yeah, is no. this Braveheart's all over the map here. Yeah, this is not the movie yeah. I thought would be all over. Before we start the combo, Artie has is the high man at five. I think I'm next at eight. Where oh, where did you? I have it at eleven. Eleven. I have it eleven. Okay, and all yeah. three of you had it eleven. So that's gonna that's that's getting composited out there. Let's talk about the positives of Braveheart before we get to the pick it apart crew. Artie, lead lead the way here. <clears throat> uh, wins best picture. Wins best director. It revolutionized the way battle scenes are filmed mm-hmm. going forward. The face paint image of Mel Gibson is iconic. You know, not to beat a dead horse with... I mean, look at Kieran's shirt. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Right. I got my... Yeah. It's, my BPC um, Braveheart shirt on. I love the uh, I love the story, too. The story, yelling freedom is also another thing that's just iconic and timeless. Mm-hmm. This, to me, is a, a really great action movie intertwined with a... A lo- like a love story and a revenge story all all at once and it hits on all those i'm a big mel gibson fan artistically not personally mm-hmm. and <laughs> i think this is a really great achievement in filmmaking uh, so i i was also had it on the high i mean i had it right there in the midway point there at number eight and this was a movie that i thought when we were going into the episode that i was gonna be picking apart a lot and I was a little nervous to watch it because times pa- time passes and you're not sure how, how you remember things. And yeah. I, I really c- couldn't believe how much I enjoyed it. And I understand the areas where it's problematic, but I think <clears> one <throat> of the most oversold storylines that people bring up with Braveheart is the historical inaccuracy. I don't understand why people care about that so much when it comes to Braveheart. Okay. When in the yeah. first line of the movie they tell right. you that his- historians will tell things the way they want to tell. It, 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 it gives it its out right away. I'll tell you what, I had this one, believe it or not, tied with Oliver. And I couldn't, I, I had them both at my midway point, And I couldn't believe how many similarities there were in the, the massive casts with a ton of extras, the, the, time, the uh, time period pieces, and also kind of like, or, or not that end of an era, but stapled in an era with their genres. You have Oliver's kind of the last big musical of a decade, infused by musicals. And Braveheart is that battle epic that kind of lives in the 90s. Yes, you have Gladiator later, which kind of caps, and then everyone copies Gladiator, and then it turns into that. Seeing Braveheart is kind of the beginning of those sword and sandals uh, rejuvenations in the 90s. Yeah. Whereas Troy, Oliver was part of the musical rejuvenations in the, the 60s. Game of Thrones. All the way up to Game of Thrones. Thrones. Right. Yeah. Things directly. Uh, you know. And the thing that kept it afloat for me in the rankings, and Artie said it perfectly, is, is just the, the 
the battle scenes and the project that that is behind those battle scenes it's just it is already used the word revolutionary i mean yeah i mean like look at the the, the task that that took and they could have made it cheaper and simpler and it would have shown and to me and to me the final product really really came out and, uh, and if you want to add the choreography end of it with oliver i thought that was the kind of same thing there with that <laughs> where one you know two guys are, are killing each other with swords the other guys are dancing around with with the meat and scarves um, yeah. yeah uh so now let's get to the to the negative mm-hmm. side of me both of you guys had it all you guys had it at 12 or 11 11, 11. 11. okay grant why don't you go first <sighs> um i feel that braveheart to me, when I watch it now as an adult, it seems like a movie to me that is all style and very little substance. It tries to hammer this these notions, these grander themes. Um, I feel like it's very, but I feel like it's very one note in doing so. I don't like William Wallace as a character. I, th- I think they try to make him just kind of the guy that just great at everything, and it kind of. That kind of falls short for me too. Like it looks great and and all that, and it does revolutionize the the genre and how fighting is is filmed. But it it does it does lack something to me, like story or lacks heart to me in a way. Chris, you you said this is one you loved as okay. as a kid, and and it's, you rewatched it, and you had some issues. With it. It's still one I love, and I'll say this: I was really hard on it. I was real, I was particularly hard on it because I did it. There was a nostalgia factor I felt was important to get to get past. I saw that movie with my father. I remember leaving the theater and we were both like looked at each other like, "Holy shit, what a movie!" You know. And then this is when it came out in the theater. Yeah. So I, I have memories of, of watching this movie. I watched it again. I absolutely enjoyed it. I love it. It's it's a fun movie to watch. Yeah. But we're talking about Oscar movies and as as many things. As they get right, which I and I agree with what all both all of you said, it, there is some things wrong with it. It's 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 cheesy. It can be cheesy at, at moments. I think this. I think the overall themes are kind of thin. You know, yeah, we we all get it. we have to fight for freedom, and yeah, we get it. Like uh, uh, fine, but it's it, it's light on the story side. Also, at the end of the day, like what Kieran to your point was the historical inaccuracies. Now, while I don't usually care about those sort of things. I think people's gripe is that it's blatantly not even close to a historically accurate. Yeah. And I think that is a problem. Yeah, I think you when you're telling a historical story like that, you might want to stay close to it. And and there are blatant things that they missed or, or that's completely wrong or they completely reinvented. <clears throat> Mel Gibson's mentally insane. Like he's, <laughs> he's, he probably yeah. thinks this is real. Like oh, he definitely thinks it's real. Know? He thinks he might be William Wallace yeah, like, think, in real life. Yeah. Like he's, he's in blue paint in his house right now. Now, Joey, this was a movie that you brought up when we first started Best Picture Cast. Yeah. As just as long as I'm on the the Braveheart episode. And when I had to break the news to you that I was doing it with with Danielle and Mikola, I was like genuinely like like a little like nervous. To, and and you have it ranked eleven. What turned in in this watch? I love this movie, but I think really what Grant and Chris have said, I just think it's it's great to watch. The fight scenes are amazing and revolutionary. You guys are correct, but I just think the themes really don't hit as deep as they think it does and that's where it fell flat for me i think it takes itself super seriously yeah. and then it's not it's, it's not deep it's enough not to deep be that enough. serious yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, listen that's, I, that's fair yeah that's i fair. can tell you when i watched this movie the first time i could tell you i i could tell you where this movie splits the two deep the two when it was on vhs i remember where it splits like i remember where <laughs> you had to turn the like i love this movie and when i rewatched, i was like oh i fucking love this and i but, still and i still loved it right, also yeah. by the way i but, enjoyed the shit out of it but it i just think 
yeah, I think they took itself too seriously for what they were able to do. And I love it. I'll talk about it forever. But I just, I, you know, when we're ranking these movies, I think it belongs there. You know, I, I said this on the episode, and, you know, you could go back and, and delve into that. It was a great episode. One, one of our most episode. downloaded episodes of the year. I think the themes in the movie revolve not around the William Wallace character, but around the Robert the Bruce character. And that's where the movie gets interesting to me. And I think that if you watch it that way, I think you can find more rewarding themes in that. Grant, you're rolling your eyes here. The problem is, that's a, it's a three-hour movie, and Robert Bruce is in, like, an hour of it. So if you want to have the emotional core of the movie, have him be the main fucking character. There are multiple mo- emotional cores of the movie, though. Okay, I, well, I but, think but, there but to Kieran's point, it, oh, okay. was, it was Robert DeBruce is the is, is the one. DeBruce, uh, Robert DeBruce, he's a rapper now. <laughs> Robert DeBruce, uh, he's he's the one that goes through the most. I think. To, yes. to be fair, emotionally. When I, to be fair, what I said was, if you're looking for themes, I think they they lie most within that character. Whereas with, I, with, I think with, the, with the secondary character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because there's a lot of there's a lot of William Wallace hanging over everyone's heads. Where you pick out where the movie can get interesting is when you look at how the supporting characters are, are existing around him. That was my take of it this time around. I have it at eight. I have it right in the middle there. I get why people don't love it anymore. It is a little bit cemented in the 90s, and I don't yeah. think it has survived it as well as Gladiator has. Those fight scenes are great, though. But yeah, the battle scenes, you know. That and, image of the two groups of men running and like yeah. literally colliding yeah. it, just I never, it never goes away how many times have that, that has that been repeated oh, since, since. And, right. they don't and that film, was the first and they don't yeah. film movies in that matter anymore they take yeah. the easy right. way out these yeah, days yeah they CGI, CGI yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah sure yeah that, I think there's again a, I'm not a, trying a to shit on it. it I just think if we're we have a hard task here, and we have to make choices. Yeah. And yeah, I think and the choices are themes and you know depth. And, and I think we're comparing it to other movies again, and right? Like, yeah, and honestly, I would think that there's probably a lot of people who were agreeing with you guys. But it's just it's just funny to me for me on the high end with Braveheart. Like I thought I was gonna be, you Low know, end. I feel like yeah. Gennaro from Jurassic Park. You know, well, there's some, <laughs> you know, there's, there's some value to this here. Um, Artie, that was your five. We're going to number five for me, and that is Annie Hall is my number five. Is I, that uh, a, am I the high man with Annie? Yeah, Hall? I'm, I'm the high man. Oh, oh, you, no. oh, you have it higher. I have it higher. Okay, Grant has it higher. So we're headed to number four. Grant, you're number four. And Annie Hall. Annie Hall. <laughs> and, 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 and we're here. Hall. And we're here. So, Grant. I have a four. Grant, you, Annie Hall is your four. Yeah. My, it's my five. Chris, you had it. Seven. The low man. It's, it's seven. No, I had it eight. No, I had it eight. Okay, Me and Artie okay. were tied at eight. Artie and Joey had it at eight. Let's uh, get the negative side into this first. Joey and, and Artie. It's not negative yeah, side. Right. It's just we're we're ranking. I mean, it's number eight. It's not bad. Well, why was it in the back half for you? Because I just think there's stronger movies ahead of it. I mean, I think Birdman was just more interesting and complex. I think the Sting was smarter. I think Amadeus is just bigger, and I think Amadeus is just overall more entertaining. I think um, Annie Hall was funny. I think Diane Keaton did a really good job. It really made me think of that '70s show because it's a really good '70s show episode when Eric and his mom see it together, and there's the blowjob joke, and they both have the inner monologue of like, "Why did he laugh? Or why did she laugh? Do they know what they're talking about?" Like, and that's always what <laughs> makes me laugh about it. I just think, you know, it's a very funny movie. I just think when we're ranking it, Oscars that are stronger. I did have the depth. For you. Yeah, I think Birdman, Sting, and Amadeus. You know, that's where we're at. I think we're all just stronger, smarter, deeper movies. So it, having it at eight and seven, you guys pretty much had it smack in the middle. More or less. Yeah, basically. So, Artie, where, where, where are you at this? We haven't heard you talk about this movie yet. So, I watched it once. I enjoyed uh, After I listened to the episode, I wanted to watch it again, actually. The episode did a great job of... of great episode. A great episode of, of especially getting into the iconic stuff that the 
the movie really accomplishes. And yeah. that's kind of why I'm recognizing it in the middle. I didn't enjoy it as much as probably all of you, but I do. There were some really cool parts that's really well shot. The cinematographer, The Godfather, obviously. Mm-hmm. So Gordon Willis. Chris, again. First time watching it, I thought it, dude, Woody Allen has a lot of tricks up his sleeve. I, I thought there was a Breaking the Third Wall, I, I always enjoy, and I, I feel like that's probably an early version of, of that sort of yeah. thing. Shot-wise, I thought it was it was really well shot. He's His acting is, for me, the weakest part of the movie. He's not likable. He's not a likable character. In the movie, I'm saying. Yeah, no, in the movie, no. he's not I, a likable I think character. That, I think that's kind of the, the point of it, but... Great. Yeah. Uh, that, but that doesn't make... I don't. It's just not. It doesn't make it feel important. I don't care what happens to him. Like to be, I'll be completely honest. Yeah. That neurosis gets to be gets to be hard to deal with Casting after to watch. Yeah, uh, an hour and a half, two hour yeah. movie. It's a, but it's clear that it paved the way right. for a million romantic comedies right. that followed yeah. it. And like, talk about movies. So you know, when we were talking about the artist and movies, kind of paying homage. How many movies have just straight up ripped this off? Oh, and TV shows. Seinfeld. Well, Kirk that's why I put it so versus homage versus ripped off. I yeah. mean, that's, that's, that's been that's yeah. why I put it so high. Right. It, Every it, romantic I, comedy. I mean, Twenty Two Jump yeah. Street, which you guys talked about on the <laughs> artist yeah. episode, has a phenomenal lobster scene with it. Like that's just right from there. Hysterical lobster scene. I saw a million movies within this movie. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, and that's why I put it so high because it was obviously very influential. Right. So Grant, you were the high man on this one. Yeah, I just, I just want to add you don't you don't get Adam Sandler movies where he's with a girl way out of his league without Woody Allen movies. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Grant, that's Adam, that's, you know, not wrong. that's not, why I put it so high. Yeah, Adam Sandler's yeah. not fucking Brooklyn Decker if it wasn't for Woody <laughs> Allen movies. Um I, I think this movie is extremely influential in comedy and I think I think to be influential comedy is really hard to do. Mm, sure. Um, especially, especially one that's just not just like, that has like a few cultural zeitgeist, zeitgeist jokes. It's just like, that, the that overall, transcends overall, the time yeah, it came out, yeah, right? It's yeah. overall tone. Um, but I'm, I am a fan of Woody Allen movies. I buy into his, I buy into the <clears> act. I buy into it. Hook, line, and sinker. So that's, that's, part of the preference for me. And it was just, the movie is, you don't think of a movie like Andy Hall being cutting edge, but it kind of is cutting no, edge. Totally, I sure. totally saw that. Yeah, yeah. and um, and again, for that to be in a comedy about a, a neurotic New Yorker struggling, struggling with a relationship is pretty remarkable to me. Yeah, it, for me too, it's a human story about how humans interact with each other. And I think it's the type of movie that everyone will react to a little differently based on where they are in their life and who they are in society. And the influence just cannot be ignored for me. No, and that's, that's, why that's I, the main I mean, thing. That's the listen, main Listen, I have that in five. My six was Mutiny. My seven was The Sting. My eight was Braveheart. My nine is Oliver. All, all movies I enjoyed. Ten was Birdman. Until we get to 11 there with American Paris, there's no real, to me, the influence in those movies isn't the same as something like an Annie Hall and say what you want about a Woody Allen, his vision here in this is something pretty next level for me. And I, I just, in going back to it this time around and just finding it, and Chris, I guess it, there, it was grading to you a little, that, that style was a little grading. Uh, to me, it was just, it's, so it, watchable. It's mostly him. And also, yeah, I, yeah, Karen, I, we, talked about this, we talked about this uh, privately that like, it did highlight the, his creepy nature is on full display in this movie. Like, I don't what, disagree. What, with what that. we find yeah. out about him later makes a lot of sense, like in this yeah. movie. I feel like I'm being groomed watching it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Artie, Artie, I'll, I'll promise you nobody's grooming you. I promise <laughs> yes. you. That's really. <laughs>
I understand the problematic natures of it. I totally understand anyone not wanting to give this movie a second of their time. Yeah. In releasing an episode about it, it was an interesting experience for me as well because there's some people who don't want to see this yeah. being put out there. Well, and the episode kind of came out around the time right, of the, the documentary. documentary. Yeah, right. yeah. Hey. That's odd timing. Yeah, but not not intentional. But it's, it's just, just that's it's... like releasing Independence Day during an alien invasion. <laughs> <laughs> the reality is, there's no New York comedy that has does not pay attention to this. No, and the, yeah. and, the, and the, it's worth watching for. The cinematic experience. Yeah. Educational. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Joey, we're on number My four. Number four. My number four is Mutiny on the Bounty. Wow. A big a big slot for Mutiny on the Bounty there. Yeah. That is the high spot. I have the, it higher. Uh, Whoa. 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 Hold my beer. Hold my beer. Chris is, <laughs> Chris is slinking into the bushes like Homer Simpson right now. I, I just, I don't understand you. I don't, I don't understand it. Uh, okay. We're not there yet, but Chris, where did you have it again? Oh, um... Thirteen. Thirteen. And Grant, it was your... Nine. It was my six. Okay, yeah, so we're going to get to Mutiny. We're not there yet. Chris, your number four. My number four is The Sting. Wow. And is that our high spot? I'm tied there. Okay, Artie's number okay. four also. So we are in Sting Talk here. Chris and Artie yeah. both have it at number four. The Sting was my number seven, Joey. My number six. Your number six. My seven. So me and Grant are the low ends in this, but still a, a, we're all tied. a, a, nice, a nice representation. Yeah. Chris, you were on The Sting episode. Yeah. Artie, you were not. Artie, let's get your thoughts on The Sting. We're getting into the movies that are achieving something here. The Sting achieves a lot. There is world-class acting throughout this. The cinematography, I picked up on like four minutes into it. I'm like, this is a five, the way it's shot. You can tell right away. It, it, the shots throughout the entire movie are very impressive and memorable. The characters are memorable. They're, it's, it, this paves the way for multiple other movies. Just like, well, like Ocean's Eleven, the modern one, we don't have without this. Yeah. And countless other movies. Yeah, countless other movies like this. And honestly, Robert Redford kind of reminded me of every character Brad Pitt's ever played for the most part. Just the style of acting, the casualness on screen, almost like he's not acting, but he is. Well directed, well acted, well shot, great story, iconic. It's got it all. Checks all the boxes. I'm the lone man on the sting here, but I want to compliment it here in this, in saying that. A lot of my issues with The Artist, which I had at number 12, and I had this thing at 7, a lot of the problems I had with The Artist are totally complemented and fixed with The Sting. In the fact that The Sting was, was hearkening back to 30s mm-hmm. gangster films. And that was the style they shot it. That was the style they presented it in. But they added new things to it. They added an original story to it. They added vibrant color to it. So when you're so you're when you're aping black and white, old black and white style gangster, and you add that new element of color to it, it's a mindfuck. And and then you throw in the original story, things that we haven't seen on screen necessarily before in the heist and the and the the conning, mm-hmm. and then throw in the, the Robert Shaws and the Redfords and, and the Newmans of the world. There's, the train there is a lot. Right. of merit there for that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where the artists fell short is that they just kind of did a lot of the old and didn't do enough of the new. And the Sting right. did that. So, uh, Chris, you were on the episode. You had it at four. four yeah. And Joey, you had it at... I had number six. Okay, Joey. And I love this movie. My I would have had this a little bit higher, but... I think I'm too used to the, like, the modern heist movies where there's twist after twist after twist. Mm-hmm. So I kind of saw what was going to happen a little bit earlier. And I was like, okay, so they're telegraphing that. So that's going to happen. And then something else is going to happen. So because of my own being an asshole, 
I let myself down, and that's and I can't get past that. But I really, I just, yeah. I love it. Like the train scene is one of my most yeah. favorite Poker scenes. Great, like that's great. one of my most yeah. favorite movie scenes. Like if I'm somebody wants to talk about, you know, I, I've never seen a movie before. Like I might go there. Like it's fun. It brings a lot of things, and it's just it it does a lot. And show is fucking fantastic. With yeah. It. Yeah. See, I was afraid of this with this movie. This is a hard one to rank. It's a really hard one to rank. Yes. Now that you guys are talking about yeah. it, I'm looking at it like I might have ranked it a little low at seven. Um, Chris, number four. Uh, top just, four movie here. Okay. I just think it does, it hits on all cylinders. It's it's expertly written. It's amazingly acted by the, some of the best actors of the, of the time. And it's influential. Right? It, it, you, you see it all yeah, after mm-hmm. this. You see... Tons of heist movies and all that right. sort of thing. It just hits. It's well shot. It does it at all. I think it, it just thing. hits on all cylinders. That's it. I don't have much to say. I've already done the episodes. Grant, you had it at seven. I did. Why did it miss your top five? You guys, you guys actually touched on this on the episode where like it, everything is done really well, but it's just it's just lacking the the deeper story. Yeah. It lacks the deeper meaning. It's it's almost like it's the better version of Argo to me. Interesting. Or I, I kind of, I just feel like it's, it's just missing. Yeah, there's, not, there's not, a... not, it's not that every movie that wins an Oscar has to have gravitas. Because obviously, I have the Eddie Hall ranked higher, but it's, it, it just, um, it just misses a little bit of something to me. And also, when you talk about the like, oh, uses 1930s cinematography, but then they still do like early 70s quick zooms. And on people, right? That really took me out of it. Oh yeah, yeah. Because like, oh, I like that. See, I liked it too. Yeah, I just like because I, I I would almost appreciate it if they kind of just stuck more with the 1930s traditional thing. Hmm. But then all of a sudden, it looks like the sabotage Beastie Boys video. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, on yeah. Robert Redford jumping off of like the train tracks and all that stuff. Just like Argo, like I love the movie, or like Braveheart, I like it. it like it's just. It's a fun movie. It's really fun to watch. It's just missing, just missing that that emotional element. Yeah, that punch. Yeah, okay. there, there's a lack of weightedness sure. to it to me, and and I have it. I have it at seven, and behind it, we talked about Braveheart and and the, the themes there. You have to kind of search for a little bit, other other than what's obviously there. You know, Oliver Birdman, American in Paris, The Artist, Argo. None of those are th- are thematically deep or strong movies to me, and I think everything I have in front of this thing. Is. And I and I think that that's ultimately the difference there for me, and that's why it missed my top five. Where where, you know, my t- I have Mutiny Bounty at six, Andy Hall five. We'll get to what I have ahead of that. But every one of those other movies, there's something really deep there that I can that I can put my roots into and be like, wow, this is a movie that I can put out there as yeah. one of the best best picture winners. And I think this thing just misses a bit with that. Technically, it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I think sure. the mistake you guys make is that you're not dead inside, and the rest of us are. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need emotional. You know, I did say in the episode it was one of the easiest watches of all. Like it, it was is. just nice oh, to man. not have yeah. to deal with someone like, you know, someone dying on the inside. Yeah. Feelings. Yeah. I, I, I have to deal with feelings. I think. Ugh. I think what it lacks in in gravitas, Grant. Yeah, it's a bad, it? like it's emotionality. A, yeah. yeah. Um, it makes up for in style and sure. and cool yeah. scenes yeah. like yeah. that. It's a that... cool movie. It's a very cool movie. And you know, yeah. just we were talking about how influential Annie Hall is. Like I I rewatched um, Den of Thieves the other day, <laughs> yeah. which you know I've seen before, but I I watched it after and I was watching it differently. I was like, 
It's like, God damn, this thing. Like, we're coming up to it. I was yeah. like, yeah. Was like, you're not as handsome, but you're great. That's <laughs> a, a, a wonderfully not great movie, but yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Before we move on to my well number said. four, I just do want to just one, one last, because I forgot to ask you this with Braveheart, Chris. Yeah. You had Braveheart ranked ahead of a few interesting movies there. Yeah. Um, or, I'm sorry, behind a few interesting movies there. Okay. American in Paris was one of them. Yeah. And The Artist was another one, I believe, right? No, Artist is right behind it. Okay, what, what, were, what did you have ahead of Braveheart? Oliver, Hunter? American in Paris, Argo, Annie Hall. So you had Oliver and Braveheart kind of in the same group there. Oliver too. beat Braveheart. Yeah. I was afraid I mean, to do that. I wanted to. Did you really? <laughs> I, did. I did. I was like, I, was like, I don't know that I can I don't know that I can. I did it, too. Because I, 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 I had the same I, rankings as Chris I really tried to be as honest with myself as I possibly could. Yeah. And at the end yeah. of the day... I, yeah. I pref- if I if you were gonna ask me what movie I'd rather watch right now, it would be Brave. You gotta trust sure. yourself. But yeah. but you gotta trust if yourself. you're asking me what I think a better, more influential movie was, I think it's probably Oliver yeah. in, in some in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know? for the time it came out as well, you got to consider that it's not necessarily <clears throat> it's it's hard doing that. It's hard to compare like, movies that, that came out in such yeah. different times. Yeah, you know? and that's what we're doing here. We're right. gonna wait till we start talking about Muting in the Bounty because that's gonna yeah. be. Um, but I, it's just. Go, we're, we're in beauty of the podcast zone here. I did not expect to sit down here and have you rank an American in Paris ahead of Braveheart. No, I just didn't I, think that was coming. I, I did, listen, I'm trying to get out of my own head and just look at it at, from an intellectual standpoint and, yeah. and uh, from a movie-making standpoint. And I, I think, there, so, I mean, listen, it, you could easily flip-flop any of our, any of our picks, right? Like yeah, sure. seven to eight, five from four, three to one. You know, but two. in short answer form. Why did you rank Oliver and American Paris over Braveheart? I just thought they were, overall, they were better crafted movies. I mean, that's all I can say. Yeah. Just from beginning to end, acting to, uh, you know, directing to everything. I did the same thing. And one of the big things for me was... You had both those movies ahead of a tip. I had, uh, literally, same, me and Chris are the same, same. in those three. Braveheart, wow. Oliver, American Paris. The reason Oliver went ahead of it was the way the camera moved inside during the scenes with huge casts where it never felt crowded. It knew when to stay tight. It knew wow, when to pull well, away. Well said. Where yeah. I just, there was no scene in Braveheart that did something that was that impressive to me camera-wise. Where there, That was a tiny room. That room was probably 5 by 10 and that camera moved while they were moving. It never got in anybody's way, and it never felt like it was its own character. It was observing. It was creative. And, part, and it was brilliant creative, the way it's done. Shot, yeah. And wow. that's why that shot took over Braveheart. Okay, so we're on to my number four here. And my number four is Platoon. I'm higher. Joey's higher, and Joey's now the leading man in the Platoon talk. We're headed to the top threes now. Here we go. This is where the money's made. Okay, before we get to the top three here, uh, we've all kind of picked out of these 15 movies here. little... A new category we're thinking about adding for the third season is um, spin-offs. So it's either a spin-off show, spin-off movie, a prequel, uh, a, a an alternate remake, however however you look at it, where you focus on a different character who's maybe not the main character or, or a different aspect of the movie that that isn't necessarily it. And uh, we said we're going to do this as the movie come up, but you know none of our movies that we picked for have really come up yet. Except Chris, the one you picked has just come up with in the Sting. So what, the do you, sting. what do you have here? I'm doing a spinoff of the Sting. Uh, I want to know, I want to know Paul Newman's backstory. I want to know his uh, a origin, pre- origin, his story. origin story, pre Luther, like Luther. Yeah, explained, like, yeah. He's obviously a seasoned con man. Con, yes, sure, con man, uh, whatever it is. And I want to know the jobs he's done before, how we got to this point. Yeah, that's great. So, it's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah I, I, I like that. Now, are we? Are we? What's our vehicle here? Is this? Is this Netflix? Is this HBO? Are we doing oh. Amazon Prime? X videos. 
Hulu joint uh, Shutter. Yeah, I don't really, ca- I don't really care what what network. Uh, is it, is it where are we doing movie, like a seasonal series? show? Is it just like a like I a think a season, a season, maybe like a a, a, a one season a mini, uh, like a miniseries. miniseries kind yeah. of thing. Okay, I like it. I like, like it. an eight episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one off, a one off. Love right. it. All right, so we'll see what what comes up next with our in our top threes in this. But we're going now to Grant's number three. My number three. My number three is The Lost Weekend. Higher. Wow. I oh, also wow. have it higher. Higher. Wow. Yeah. Look at you guys. Um, we're moving to Joey's number three. My number three is Platoon. Wow, and that will be the highest Platoon. So it is now time for mm. Platoon Talk. The low man here was Artie. Yeah, I think um, I have it at nine. So we have Artie and Joey. The t- <laughs> so the we've t- done this already. The two guys <laughs> on the so yeah, we have done this. Um, who, Chris, where did you have Platoon? Six. It was... Eight for me. Eight for Grant. Yeah. Okay, and it was my four. So me and Joey had it on the high well, end. Yeah, Artie yeah. and Grant had it. Yeah, we, we had it covered pretty good. Yeah. Why don't we lead with Grant here? Because you were not on the episode. I was not. Um, why did you have it there in that kind of the front of the second half for you? Well, um, a big part of it, my, my big problem with the movie is that I don't like Charlie Sheen in this role. That's a that's a big part of it. He's supposed to be the emotional core of the, sh- of the movie. It, I just don't I just don't buy it. The crux of the movie is him being torn between Elias and um, Barnes. And besides really of one scene in the village, you don't really see much of an influence in Charlie Sheen's character from Barnes. He's more Elias's guy. Um, so I think it kind of falls short on that aspect of the plot. It's a it's a really great movie and it's really um in terms of showing in terms of showing Vietnam like the common folk have never seen before, I think it's very effective in that aspect and is showing it's not a rah rah war movie. You don't you don't get that very often, especially before the eighties. Yeah. It's a it shows the dark nature of war. Right. Which is really which is really groundbreaking. But there's just there's just too much of it that I, I just think falls short. Chris, you're kind of the middleman here with this. Uh, yeah. You had it at six. Yeah, I have it at six. Uh, Grant actually kind of nailed my main the main flaw is Charlie Sheen for me as well. Okay. Um, I don't buy it. Uh, he I just don't think he's very good in it. But it's I love the way the movie is made. I I love all the uh, the detail as far as like hiring you know ex ex soldiers to to train these guys and mm-hmm. and and it, it's realistic in a lot of ways. It's 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 a very effective movie. I just think there are aspects of it that um, I don't love. But I mean, I put it number six. I mean, I, yeah. I really loved it. It's it's a right. great movie. You know, just uh, there's a couple things that just fall short for me. Artie, you want to tack anything onto that as as the low man here? Uh, no, I did the whole episode. I I'm I. Charlie Sheen is the big weakness for me. Not, I'm glad I'm not alone there. I, I thought I might be, but no, you guys he was my LVP great. in the episode. Yeah, okay. Uh, before I, I turn it over to you, Joey, I want to because I had it at I had it at four, which is sort of right there, really high. And yeah. I had it, it I, I had it, I actually had it in Annie Hall right there, and I was assigned. And at one point, I had Annie Hall four and Platoon at five, and then I I took a step back and I decided, wait a minute here, <laughs> which is more important, like. Woody Allen's romantic life after his third divorce or the Vietnam fucking war. Okay, so, no. All right, but Annie Hall can slide right. back. As influential as it is, let's slide back a step yeah. here. Uh, platoon to me, and, you know, I realize that maybe I'm making some excuses for the movie, and I'm going to probably employ what we'll now call the, the Oliver defense. I, I understand having a Charlie Sheen in this movie who's not a perfect actor. I, I think if you have a Daniel Day-Lewis, it doesn't... The, the same effect isn't delivered because this is a war that's pulling civilians out of their homes against their choice and against their decision 
and putting them into a war through a draft that is just it's it's it, to me it's it's hard to convey that through screen with stage actors and if you get guys who may not and a lot of the guys who are cast in this movie this is their first real role mm-hmm. i think you have to go with kind of unknowns or raw actors or or people who who aren't ready to just come in and and you know learn the script in 2 days and then just go out and try to win an Oscar. Putting the Vietnam War to the silver screen is an impossible task that can only be done by someone who's lived it, and that's what Oliver Stone was. There were times here where I thought I would have this movie as high as two. And it, and I, I, I dial back because there, there are some areas of it where, where maybe it's just not so welcoming to the viewer just because it's so deep and so dark that I, I am willing to kind of step back a little bit with it. But I think it's, I think it's the most important war movie ever made, and I think it, 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 it deserves to occupy a very high spot. Your Grant, you had a little response. Well, just, just, a, just a little uh, nitpick on what you said because Charlie Sheen was not someone that was plucked out and drafted. He signed up, he enlisted on his own. So the the nature of his performance doesn't lend itself to that. See, that made me oh, okay. like him more, though. Okay, because but, but he, he chose to go. He's also highly educated. He's from right. a wealthy family. Yeah. Okay, yes, his character wasn't drafted. However, right. no, but what I'm saying, like our main gripe was with Charlie Sheen's character specifically, and, and his yes, and his character got into something that he was not ready for. Right, sure. right. And or I think by realize what right. yeah, be. and by picking an actor who's might be in a little over his head, kind of works perfectly. Right, and for that's that why I think it works yeah. because of the fact that. All these guys have been drafted, and this guy who had all the opportunities to not do it chose to go in there. Then he gets there, and he's like, holy fuck. And that's where I think the pull between the two sergeants is so deep for him because it's, you know, Barnes is kind of like what you think it is, and then it's not. And then as he's learning and going, I think it's all the subtle things. I think it's one of the best war movies ever made. Yeah, and listen, I can't, you can totally accuse me of overanalyzing stuff and making apologies for movies, but I, I think there is something to be said about a filmmaker who is comfortable in putting someone who's underqualified or mm-hmm. slightly not capable of doing a role as a creative choice. Right, especially... I think that there's is... something fucking really right. smart and genius about that, and I think that that is what Carol Reed did in Oliver, and I think that's what Oliver Stone did in Platoon. Oliver, Oliver, Oliver. A lot of Oliver. <laughs> but I think, you know, I think like you said, if this was a Daniel Day-Lewis and this was someone super competent, it doesn't work. It needs to be someone who's unsure of where they're at because they're learning that maybe I don't belong here and maybe I made a terrible choice. Yeah. But the, does that work when they're not believable in the role? But I think they were believable. I did, it worked no. for me, too. Yeah. I thought okay. they were believable. I think he was believable yeah. as the person who doesn't know where the hell he fits yeah. in it because he doesn't know where he fits in. He made a choice probably impulsively to piss off his dad and now he's trying to figure this out he's like i fucked up and now he's cleaning up shit with someone who was drafted and i think he is perfect in that i think if this was some perfect actor i think that you lose that it's a fish out of water role right 100 percent. it's it's tough to have a a a classically trained actor in a fish out of water role unless he's really going to to flip the script and make it work i mean i I don't know i could i it's not yeah. easy to watch a bad actor on screen. I think yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing we talked about with, with, with both those movies, yeah. Oliver and with, with Platoon. So. Uh, anything else on Platoon we got to throw out there? So, is, did we cover that pretty good? Yep. yep. Just real quick, Grant, some of the movies you had ahead of Platoon. Sting, The Artist, Amadeus. Yeah, The Artist. Interesting there. And already some of the movies you had? Ahead of Platoon? Yeah. I had Annie Hall, Birdman, Amadeus, Braveheart, Sting. Boy, I'm looking forward to the Birdman talk here. But we have... Up next, yep. Chris's number three. Birdman. Birdman. Nice. And that is the high spot? Nope. 
Okay. Oh, boy. Hold it off here. <laughs> Artie's number three. Mutiny on the Bounty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Chris looks like There's he a... just saw a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so Artie's number three. Joey? Four. Number four. Uh, it was my number six, Grant? My number 12. Your number 12. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, my number nine. It was your number nine. Yes. And my, oh, it was my number 13. 13. Wow. So I, I think it's best to listen to the people who had a problem with the movie first, in, in the grand scheme of things. Let's have Chris and Grant go first. Chris, you want to leave things off here? Because sure. you, you seem a little startled. <laughs> no, I'm just surprised it's so high for you guys. I mean, like... Listen, I, I, I see the the positives in the, in the movie. Again, I don't like those old black and white movies generally. They're really hard, tough for me. I did enjoy it. I thought it was uh, well done-ish. Uh, it was confusing at times. There were things that... that they, they were, there were parts of the story that, that weren't... That didn't seem well explained. Like, all of a sudden, they're, they're set adrift. And all of a sudden, wait, where did they end up? How are they back in England? How are they back in Tahiti? You know, like, the, the things that weren't explained well, in my opinion. Acting is good. Like, listen, again, uh, there, there's positives to all these movies. I, I didn't think it was the worst movie ever. I just, I can't imagine how it's in your top three or, or, or whatever. Imagine it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try, try. Grant, you're up next here. Yeah, I liken it a little bit to Braveheart, in a way, where you understand the story. Glad you did, Grant. <laughs> No, but, no, like, I did, I did, but you, you just, you kind of... You gotta watch the seven remakes, you'll really get a chance. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Mel Gibson remake is good. Yeah, speaking of, yeah, speaking of Mutiny and Braveheart. I, I just think that it's just kind of a movie where things happen, the theming is, uh, maybe it just missed me, the themes of it. Here's, here's my hot take, I'm not a big fan of Clark Gable as an actor. Mm, wow. Um, I, just, I just think he plays a uh, charming, handsome man. He and, is charming and handsome. Yeah, but like... But I, like, I, I mean, like that's that, the only thing I liked about it, really. <laughs> I, it's like, I, I, I just saw this, and I just saw... Um, I just watched Gone with the Wind, and he's the same exact character, um, I feel, in both movies, and I don't appreciate that. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't think he has much range as an actor. I'm super interested for you to watch it happen one night when, okay. we, when we get there, sure. and we'll see if it, if you have the same thought. You might have the same thought there, and you might change a little bit. I, I just realized that I have a thing for han- like handsome, charismatic men. I, every every Who all these movies Who doesn't Chris. I you. don't know, man. <laughs> all that's great. Chris is the answer for why do you have American Paris ranked so highly? That like Gene Kelly. That's right. It was. I, that's what I'm realizing about. See, I'm learning about myself all the time. Like there you I, go, Chris. I don't yeah. know myself at all. Like I, I mean now. Amazing. I'm glad we can be part of your Listen, I'm a sucker for a handsome, tan man. There we go. Hey, there it is. So me and Joey were on the episode, and you can go back and listen to that. It is is a fun episode. It is. It's a good one. It's a a, a fall-themed episode. You hear the crickets in the background. A lot of ambiance. Yeah, a lot of ambiance. Artie, you have been silent about this movie since watching it. I have not really heard at all what you thought about it. I'm pretty excited for this moment. You had it ranked number three. (laughs) Yeah. Let's, let's go, Artie. Number three. This movie is a masterpiece. It is incredibly well directed. And uh, the director of photography does a phenomenal job. Especially, if it came out today, it'd be a masterpiece. And this is, how many years ago? 80 years ago? 1935. 90, yeah, 90 years ago. Everybody that was three, in that movie is dead, Artie. Three, so you know. 
three, what was it, three acting nominations? Three got? lead acting three nominations. Three lead acting Only nominations. Mm-hmm. I, I put this movie on and expected an old movie. And I watched it on my phone. Not even a good viewing experience. And my honestly, my jaw was dropped for half of it. It tells a, a, a big, epic story. Um, it's true. I don't know how true. I have not looked into it. Yeah. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> uh, the all-time character in Captain Bly, who yeah, immediately Bly just lights up the screen and, sure. and, and never lets up. Um, the, uh, ahead of its time dialogue, especially the trial scene at the end. Oh, yeah. Uh, just, it really just is so fucking good. I, I'm not, it's, you get to a point where you're describing a movie you like and you get through the technicalities and you just say it's so fucking good. Yeah. And, that's, and that's what it is. Mutiny and, on the Bounty I mean, is so also, good. We're looking at two years earlier was Cavalcade. Same director. Same director, yeah. And this, that Cavalcade, which they couldn't figure out how to get the corners of a room lit. Now in Mutiny on the Bounty, they are out to sea with a ship. They're not in a studio on a little boat. They are out to sea doing this, making this giant, epic, just unbelievable movie. With characters that work. Talk about a director who we talked we, we, we when we discussed Cavalcade. We said he took a project that was was just too big a project, and he couldn't get it to take something like Mutant and the Bounty, which is huge, and make it last even bigger. Right. Than oh, he thought it was going to be just phenomenal. And I, I saw that movie. I was like, all right, you know, cool. I'm into it. And I I watched it. I I just started back over. I was in love with it. I thought it hit everything it wanted to hit from a movie. And Kieran said he didn't like, he wasn't crazy about the Tahiti scene. And I thought that was just an amazing part of the movie. Love the use of the map. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love the map. Yeah, I thought that was great too. Did a great job. Yeah, it was so cool. I rewatched Mutant the Bounty this week. This was like the one movie out of these fifteen that I rewatched this week because I just wanted to be sure that I had that it. it belonged as high as I had it at, at six. Ahead of The Sting, ahead of Braveheart, ahead of Birdman and Oliver. There is something to be said for us talking about this movie 90 years later mm-hmm. and still being impressed with the spectacality of it yeah. and a story that is based on a true story, as as Grant was kind of made faces for. It's super <laughs> loosely. Like, like Bly was actually a really good captain and a pretty admirable person. Think, like he's the guy's a villain. The guys, the guys I'm are not, just I'm dicks not, who I'm want to stay in Tahiti. The Christian Fletcher character. He also did find his way back from... He did all-time epic. in his way back somehow. Oh, we talk about that. That part of it, that part of it was... Totally factual. Like, yeah, yeah. it's one of the greatest yeah. seafaring of, yeah. Yeah. of all time. And, and that's true. Uh, and I think when, that, Chris, we talked off screen a little bit. You're like, hey, come on, that him making his way back, that's ridiculous. Well, and I, like, I, that's I, the only part of no, the movie that we do. I, I realized that <laughs> later. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah. No, true. Listen, yeah. Fletcher was a scumbag. He just yeah. didn't want to leave Tahiti because he yeah. was... Yeah. He was having he a was, great time um, I, that's what, I just want to say for the record, I'm not holding the inaccuracy against the movie. That's not what... Yeah, but you just... Yeah, you were just I wasn't really doing that either. Yeah. And this movie does... Does show the power of let me try to say it nicely. The dark side. No, the, just the power of that that a beautiful yeah. woman can have yeah. over a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Especially yeah. when you're on a boat with nine months with a bunch of dudes. I when know. you think about how hard it is to get back to your home, like you're basically giving it up forever. Right. Yeah. I, like, I, think, I don't know. I'd rather just stay here. I think when we talk about deeper themes, and you talk about the crux of this movie in in law. And how law, where it should be implemented, how it should be implemented, and how strict a man should mm-hmm. live based on it. Where you have a tyrannous leader saying the law is it, and we're gonna this guy, this guy needs to be flogged twenty five times. I don't care if he's alive or dead. We're right. hitting him twenty five times. Exactly. And you have another guy in the end of it that says, 
all right, well, let's be reasonable here about this. But then that man who wants to just be reasonable about it all of a sudden goes back saying, eh, you know, maybe I'm just going to abandon my military post and live mm -hmm. on this island in Tahiti. Right. And there, I think that there's a lot of moral ambiguity to this movie. Mm. And through those three lead characters, you really understand a lot about... about Talk about how, motivation. Yeah, about, about how you live and, 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 and what... And what morals and what right. uh, what standards you live by as a person? Because I, I talk, you know, what motivates people to do what they do? And I think you have three people being motivated by three different things and making the decisions. And I think it really, that's where it gets, because then how do they interact with each other? And with buying, I'm kind of so torn and making, okay, I'm here, then I'm here, and then... And then there's the crowd that they have to keep right. at bay, the, the, the ship, right. the seamen. And this is also my spinoff. Right, okay, so. also my spinoff, too. Oh. So we're going we're gonna to battle uh. back for this. But before we do that, because okay. you, you, you guys already mentioned about, uh, about Bly being an all-time character. Unbelievable. Charles Lawton's performance here is oh, one of the best you will ever see on screen. And, and, and th there's one specific element to it. I think with blockbusters and big movies, there's not enough actors who are rooted in stage work mm -hmm. and he takes stage work and brings it to a big screen spectacle on the ocean at sea in a movie that has no business with a with a Shakespearean actor in 100% and boy he does it alongside Clark Gable who is the opposite of that right. who is who is big movie and movie watching leading man. two of them play off each other Ooh. thinking theater versus cinema yep it's it's a sight to be behold. Yeah, I I think it's one of the best. And and Artie, you, I'm gonna gonna pass it off to you next. But I do want to say, in rewatching it, he elicits an emotional reaction out of me every single time I see this. Movie. I think I see this movie like six times now. I get pissed off at that character yeah. every time. Even there's times where I'm watching it saying like, huh, I'm gonna root for the bad guy here. There's still a moment where I'm like, God damn, I want to hit him. You know, his, command of his, com his command of eyebrows is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it's all that. We, we also need to shout out, shout out Bacchus, one of the best drunk doctors of all time. Uh, that's oh, right. yeah. That's that's right. Right. Um, in terms of impactfulness, after I watch this, like to date, I still think about it. Huh? And it's one of those movies, oddly, if I ever saw it on, I would not shut it off. Same. And I'd probably encourage other people to come watch it because it's got immense rewatchability. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, talk about a movie that's all over the map in our rankings. Very and like, interesting stuff. And like Chris said earlier, you got to be true to yourself. And I, I was staring at my list, and I'm like, Mutiny and the Bounty has to be higher, man. Wow. Number three, mm -hmm. Artie. Big, yeah. big Great. statement. Joey, give me your spinoff of Mutiny and the Bounty here. Because it's already been remade three times here. There's yeah, like a reality series based on it. So. <laughs> the making of and the I'm, ship. And I'm going to fall into the same trap, right. too. And let's just think about that. This, this is a movie that's be, been remade <laughs> Fully on a right. big spectacle twice. There's something to the story. Right. So, Muni on the Bounty ends, and we shoot to 16 years later. Young Ellison's son has grown up. <laughs> wow. Oh, God, we're going here? <laughs> the name Ellison is just a joke in the British Royal Navy. <laughs> so he decides he's going to do everything he can to change the name of Ellison in the British Royal Navy. And what we have here is a 10-episode Netflix special. Ellison trying to change his name. I love it. And now we need to All say right. that Joey absolutely wow. loathes Ellison. But he <laughs> might be... I don't think we'll ever have an LVP where the where the co-host hates the LVP more. Joey's bordering on obsessed with Ellison. Watching, <laughs> Rewatching the movie, knowing Joey hates Ellison so much, is is a great experience in itself. Oh, yeah. um, he showed me a 200-page script already. <laughs> <laughs> he showed me earlier. That's fantastic. Yeah, if you so, need to reach Joey, just I hate Ellison at gmail.com. <laughs> 
The only character I've ever seen, I'm like, that guy should be hanged. <laughs> there is one point in that movie where he delivers his line and then just frolics off screen. Yes! It's fantastic. <laughs> it's just fantastic. Um, so my, so my, my spin-off category here, it's more of like a, a remake, because I feel like a Muni Valley has to be remade every 20 or 30 years. Or it's lost, yeah. yeah. I would like to see this done in a six-episode, six-to-eight-episode HBO Netflix type of deal here. Okay. But I want to start the movie on Bly's voyage in in the castaway boat. Oh, I like that. And I want him shown to the viewer who's never seen it before as the hero. Ooh. And you're rooting from him from episode one. He, this guy is... All you, you don't see any of the guys right. on the boat. You just see them cast him off, and you understand what they're left to deal with. And you follow him... And using his, his journey, real logs like they and did? there's gradually some flashbacks as to what went on to the ship. And as a viewer, you're just... You're all on his side... And then as the show goes on, you start to learn of his actions on the boat and what he did to get himself in this spot. Bro, you need to contact HBO. That is <laughs> phenomenal. The other thing is, I want to hear more. Keep yeah, going. and then by and the end, as a viewer, you're trying to understand now, is he a good right. guy or is he a bad guy? And Because then the Christian yeah. Fletcher character comes And you end up feeling he's both, probably. Yeah. And no. we should also talk about, there was... Yeah, 12 episodes now that I'm thinking about it. There's definitely a 12 episode. <laughs> there was a reality show where they put people in a boat and said, do the trip that Bly did, and they all failed yeah. miserably with the support. Mutiny. Oh, yeah, I'm Mutiny. Sure. Yeah, well, it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Yeah, really? Like, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, wow. It's, it's yeah. cool. I, it's... I, I will say that the um, that part with Bly on the boat um, was the most compelling part of the movie to me. And I think yeah. that could be its own movie. That, yeah. I agree. One. I think that's fantastic. That's um, great. And if you hide the moral ambiguity yeah. of it and gradually give it to the viewer, I think it could be really good. So. All right, so we're on uh, to my number three. And my number three is Amadeus. Higher. Chris has wow. it higher. Nice. I love it. Grant, number twos. On yep. to the number twos. Grant, your Woo. number two movie of season two. My number two movie is Birdman. Number two out of 15. That's going to be the high spot. Yeah, that's yeah, Birdman that's time. Uh, let's talk Birdman. I believe I'm the low man at 10. I got, it. Have, I got it at three. Chris has it at three. I'm seven. Also very high. Also seven. Okay. Okay. So that we're we're pretty widely represented here. Chris at three. Grant, you had it at a high spot at two. Yep. Joey and Artie at seven. I had it at ten. Do you want me to go first with the problems of it? I guess. Or yeah. Do we want yeah to sure. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Why did I have it so low? I had it below. I had it below the Sting at seven, Braveheart at eight, and Oliver at nine. Below me with the Birdman ranking. Grant. <laughs> 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 yeah, so uh, I I think it's I think it's wonderfully shot. However, gimmickly shot. I, I love Alejandro Inarritu. I think it's it's. I mean, Edward Norton is a great actor too. Michael Keaton. There's a lot of Emma Stone. You know, I feel Emma Stone. You know, that being said, I, I think that this is this is a, a a movie about a lot of stuff that I don't care about um, when it comes to the 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 canvas that they use to paint this movie on. The stage versus versus the screen versus it's it's kind of a lot of inside Hollywood inside acting stuff that like ultimately thematically is not going to cut through to me. I, I say this on the episode that they're thematically you can get past that and just say this this is the canvas that they're using to paint on and you can apply it to whatever aspect of your life is and in where you're you're getting to that stage of. You know, am I washed up? Am, am I moving on? You know, how do I how do I rekindle what I've done? Like the artist, I just that that type of theme doesn't cut through to me. I just it, it seems like 
if you're an actor or a director or a filmmaker, that's going to cut through to you and that's going to mean something to you. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't for me. Uh, I think it's a wonderfully made film. Uh, it just falls a little short in those areas. I had it above American in Paris because I think it has, uh, it and the artist because I think it has better developed characters in a more interesting story and in a, in an in, in effectively abstract way. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at with it. It's just, it's just, it's just okay, dog. All right. Um, Randy Jackson. Randy Jackson. <laughs> You're not going to have him not sign your ninja sword. <laughs> uh, the main theme of Birdman is not, on the, on the surface, it's about movies or theater and stuff. But if you look really at the movie, the theme is, why does an artist create art? It explores that, and it can be applied to any medium. It can be applied to acting, it can be applied to painting, applied to music. Why are you, what are you trying to achieve with the art that you're creating? Well, I mean, I guess they explore Michael Keaton and, and Ed Norton the most, and they all have very different reasons of doing that. And then you throw in the character study of Michael Keaton, his, his, his addiction to attention and love, his attempted suicide and his, his obsession with legacy and you, you put all that in, and that's good enough on its own to be a compelling movie. And you throw in a creative vision, the likes that have never really been seen before. It's such a big swing, and it's it's such a, um, a big attempt to do something original, and I think that needs to be celebrated. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I think that's really well said, and I love a movie that can invoke that out of you, but... Uh, I agree with everything Grant said, and and then some. I think it's even more. It's it. There's a deeper theme. Even forget the acting uh, aspect of it, or the uh, the the Broadway thing, or anything like that. Mm. It's about the ego, the super ego. Yeah. Um, it's about perception, your own perception, his the perception of himself, the perception he has of the from what what the outside world. Look how they look at him. Yeah, how he's perceived from the outside world. It's self reflection. It's dealing with all those demons and all those, all those things your ego tells you you need, but you don't necessarily need. I, I think it's it's hitting on themes that are so deep that even when you watch the movie, I had to watch it. I've watched it a few times now. I still don't even understand the depth of it. Like, yeah, and 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 I love the way it's shot. I think the way it's shot delivers a, a sense of um, insecurity which unease. i think is important unease yeah. which yeah. i think is important or you had it at 3 so before uh, before no, no. 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 Seven. 7 7 they both had a 7 yeah, we both had, Chris seven. had a 3 no Chris had a 3, three. i had a 3 okay. yes if you notice in my criticism of it i didn't really hit the existentialism of it because i like that about birdman that's what saved it for me over over that's what put it in my top but 10. i think the visuals are are specifically designed to but I like the visuals too. My problem is that snarky inside baseball. You also call the you also call it gimmicky though. Um, it, it it is a bit gimmicky. I, that's not my biggest knock on it though. It, okay. It, and I, I think that 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 knock is a little overblown, but it is there. So you can't. I think it's incredibly well shot, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's a little sticky. So that would go into to right. gimmicky, right? That's that why works, I'm yeah. waving my hand. Yeah. Right. This story doesn't necessarily lend itself to this style of filming 100%. It works perfectly, don't get me wrong. But for me, 
I didn't need it. I didn't need it to be so clever cinematographically. Lubeski's a genius. He's probably smarter than me. And there are many, many layers to this movie. Chris, Chris, shake your head, Chris. I just want to... I'm just... You you kind of contradicted yourself a little bit. And I'm just saying that, like, you're saying it worked perfectly. I think it worked perfectly. Like, I I think the the two things balance each other out. Like, like I said, the, the, the way it's shot, it makes you uneasy and... I think the character, the main character, is made. The whole point is that he's it's manic. It, it's a great yeah, he, point. It's a great he point. can't. He, he's trying to figure out what's going on with himself within himself. Yeah, such as you are while we watch the movie. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's about I, I relate to him. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Is like his his neuroses or his psyche. It it doesn't cut. It doesn't take doesn't take time off. It's he's always ba- on. He's battling himself. Right, and so it's that, and it's also. Um, I talked about this on the artist episode, where the not cutting thing is invocative of the nature of stage, where there's no cuts in stage. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything sure. is no one, editing. Every, there's no editing. There's there's it's not clean. Everything is kind of even though there is edits and right. You know, but it, it gives it gives the appearance almost like a a movie that's also a play. So uh, I want to react to something that you said, Grant, because it did it did get me thinking a little bit. And and to repeat my issues with the movie are not so much on the quote-unquote gimmicky nature of it, and that is there. Right. And and I don't hate it, the one... The one thing doesn't... It doesn't interfere with right. my viewing of the movie in, no. a, in any way. My issue is that snarkiness and that inside baseball... Yeah, I know what you mean. We, yeah. Yeah, acting yeah. is this big, important thing, and then being a movie star and, and coming down from yeah. it is the hardest thing in the world, and being compared to George Clooney and this... Uh, right. Now, Grant, what you said that I really liked was about the creation of art and how whether you're making a play or making a movie that's just what we're dealing with within this movie it's about art and what art does to you as a person and what and and the the act of creation and the mm-hmm. act of 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 taking your creative vision and, and putting it somewhere i like that a lot and i and that's one of the things that keeps me going back to this movie is where i'm not going to rank it so low but I, I like it in the middle area there that's the existentialism of it but the problem here for me is is like let's say I would were to make a baseball movie like Moneyball, and I make it all about baseball, and then I kind of leave this open ended thing at the end where it's like, well, no, it's not just baseball; it's whatever speaks to you in life. It's like, yeah, well, but the movie's about baseball though, and this movie is about acting and it's about movie making, so that, it's kind of hard to. That is a very unfair. It's a dramatic example, but it's 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 an incorrect example. Well, well how, because, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying Moneyball does that. I'm saying if I no, were to make no. a movie like Moneyball no. with that had a different point. No, I understand that. What the where where that falls apart to me is that the open ending open endedness of the ending isn't about the theme of the isn't really about the theme of the movie that they're trying to drive home. That is left open to interpretation, and mm-hmm. then I I can understand people not. That's actually one of my favorite that. parts about the movie. Yeah, like I, I so and I'm good with I'm good with yeah, the open ending. So like that, that doesn't that but that is not they drive home the themes of creation and ego and stuff well before that open ended. Yeah. Ending. Yeah, I just think they they lean too much into the vessel of acting, stage, movie making. They just lean well, too much on that. I think sure, that the, the, the characters focusing on on the acting and the art is also going into the the, the pretentious nature of what they do. And like, I, word, I think they're I kind think. of making fun of. No, I think they're kind of, but they're pointing that out that like what you're, they're doing is not really that important at the yeah, end of the day. All, it's all bullshit. That's kind of what the point is, yeah. For me, that's why then, the character then, of the and, critic is good. And yeah, and then uh, I'm sorry, Joe. Go ahead. No, I mean for me, I thought when we 
when after the episode, I thought I would have this much higher because I do like a lot of things. But I found that the movie just has not stayed with me. And as I think well, back really at it, stayed with me a lot. Yeah, me it too. really has it. Like after I watched it. I mean, the episode, I loved it. I thought this was going to be way higher. But as yeah. I've gone back, it really hasn't stayed where I feel like I gave my kind of three thoughts on what the open-endedness of the ending were. And I've kind of moved on from it. Yeah. And that's it. just to me, it's, that's just kind of it. And I've kind of lost interest in it at that point. I'd fully agree with that. It doesn't stay with me right. as much as I thought it would. And I thought it was going to stay with me a lot because I like, listen, I like deep themes. I want to watch something and talk about it and think about it forever. That that's what makes things good to me, but it just I, I kind of I have what I think, and I just I don't really want to go back to it anymore. It's I've just moved on, and that's I think. Okay, so I, I I like what you guys are saying about this a lot, and it's making me think, and it's making me think more about this movie than any of the other movies we've discussed so far. But I said this on the episode, and I'm gonna say it again: if you're making a movie that you want to be this rewatchable thing that someone needs to analyze and get involved with. You better be careful with the canvas that you're painting on. And they did it through movie making and and stage. And we've just seen a lot of people do that before. And you're, you're, you're moving into that territory of, are we really doing something new or am I rehashing something that's been done before? And I do think they are doing a lot of things new in this movie. Yeah, I really do mm-hmm. think they are, but I think it, it gets hurt. I don't think the average person watches this movie and immediately says, I need to rewatch Birdman. I think the average person watches it and they go, okay, that was Birdman. I'm moving on. And I think it's a movie that needs a rewatch. It commands a rewatch. You need to rewatch Birdman to appreciate it. And I, and I think that the delivery of it falls short. It just it missed some emotional beats for me. I think it thinks it's I way more important than it is. I am by what both of you guys are saying with it. I really am. Right. I, I, you know, you're making me feel like the next time I go back to this, that this could be ranked higher. But just, yeah, for me, it's just, uh, you know, I'd rather watch uh, Braveheart and Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> that was Grant, your number two. That was my number deuce. Joey, so my your number two. number two. The second out of 15 movies that we've covered this season... So my number two is The Godfather. Wow. wow. The first time we've... I knew it. The first time I we've heard it. the G word. The first time we've heard the G word this evening. He, hinted, he hinted at it. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I have honestly, The Godfather higher. Okay, all right. So, hey, there's one in every crowd. So, um, I, think I, know what time, I think I know what time it is. Chris. Amadeus time. You're number two. Oh. Amadeus. Two is the highest. Okay, yeah, Amadeus so. was my three. I had a five. Right there. One I thought very, very close to putting number two. I had a five. Um, I'm I had a, super... I had a and Kieran was excited for me to watch this right, one. Yeah, you're, I you're the was. One, I was. It's crazy. Yeah, I was yeah, alone, man. Why, more, why do you hate Amadeus right, so there's much? There's a lot of... I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm even more excited to hear you talk about it, Chris. So I want... I want before... Before we get to Artie, because I, I think Artie's the reluctant low man here, because I know you love um, yeah, Chris, and you're on yeah. the episode. I want to hear Chris talk about it. So this. yeah, so Kieran, I know, was excited about me watching this, and I actually, it was one of the ones that was a little older, but I was like, you know, that, that one seems pretty cool, like, I'm in, I'm in, and wow, fucking blew my socks off. It, it just did. Wasn't happy about the three hours, I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, that, that always gets me, you know, three hour movies are, are, are really obnoxious to me, but uh but I'll have to say I was glued to the screen the entire Can't turn away, right? movie. Yeah, I mean, I the performances are amazing. The directing is unbelievable. The music is fantastic. Yes, it just everything about it. It's it's it fires on all cylinders, yeah. man. I was I, I fell in love with it. I I I want to watch it again like immediately. Yeah. Anyway, that's... and for a movie that's three hours, I agree with you. I was 
just the music. I literally, that day, I watched it. I watched it, like, during the day on a Tuesday for the first time. And then I texted you guys about how much I loved it. And I literally, I had to go run errands. I was just listening to Mozart all day because I was just, I was like, this <laughs> yeah. is amazing. And then I watched it again, like, two days later. And I loved it. And I, I was... I, it was one of those ones I was like, it's like a weird mid-80s movie that's just gonna... I thought it was gonna be like... Period piece vibes? I thought it was gonna be like a period piece with a lot of neon because the 80s couldn't get the cocaine out of their system <laughs> yeah. And, my God, they got out of their own fucking way and made a great movie. Milo's Foreman really just crushes it. Crushes like, it. I Cuckoo's mean, Nest. And- it, 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 it does it in a way where, like, like you said, it's a period piece, but it seems like of the time it right. came out. But it also seems... Like it, it's cool now too. It could come yeah. out whenever. It's the best sound editing I think I've ever yeah, seen. When the music is intertwined on top of, yeah. of, of, and especially specifically in the end scene. And, and, and oh, so yeah. Tom Tom Hulk's performance is fucking weird. Like in a, I mean, but he owns it. He owns way. the weirdness. Yeah. yeah, I mean it in a brilliant way. Yeah. Like. I, I think the only thing that kept this out of the top five for me, why I'm the low man at six, is the five movies I have ahead of it. To me, have something that lasts for forever. That have a rewatch. Not, I'm not going to say rewatchability. Something in the the culture. Something that they, they it's lasted. They've right. lasted in the culture. There's I'll, nothing I'll really say, in Amadeus. That's that, true. You I know, mean, the the general public. I don't think remembers this movie. No, so right. It's, it's, it's a hidden that's gem. True. It's a hidden gem. That's going to bring me to my point here. Okay, I had it at three. Yeah, and very nearly had it at two. I think Amadeus is. One of the best movies that people haven't seen. That's right. I couldn't agree. I agree. Perfectly, perfectly said, and not even perfectly. Maybe said. some people haven't even heard of. It's a masterful character study. Unbelievable. It takes something that we all sort of know about yeah. and can kind of relate to, and it just brings you into the mind of this man that you don't want to go there, but when you go there, you're there. Right. And yeah. it tells you a little bit about yourself, no matter who mm-hmm. you are, and. Man, I think if it weren't for what cinema has done to period pieces at that that time, (laughs) that this would be looked at as one of those. I just think people get scared when they see the 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 cloths hanging out of people's sleeves. You know, like that. It's like I don't want to. I don't want to watch that. There's puffy shirts. There's puffy shirts. You know what? You want want a revenge movie. You want envy. You want creativity. You want whatever you want is in here. You, You want something that points out what everybody feels like it. Not enough. Not good enough. Right. Not, not enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like you, like you're inferior to other. Like I mean, this My God. this hits Insecurity all those things. It's like brilliant, and, and you get two best acting performances, and yeah. they both yeah. deserve to win. And a tw- and a t- twist. There's a twist. Like there's right. everything. Right. Yeah, and, fucking and, everything. Man, and it's funny. Gorgeous. And there's twists. And it's yeah. funny. And it's funny. I just I go back to to watching the making of of Amadeus before that episode. And the one line I don't even remember. The making said of it. Amadeus. Yeah, it, I highly recommend it. Oh, oh yeah, it's oh, good. Oh yeah, I need but, to watch but, it. What, one, I need that in my life. I don't even remember <laughs> what actor it was that said it, but he said there was a point in making this movie where we didn't have to say it to each other. But every one of us knew that what we were doing is greater than what any individual one of us are. That we are the sum of a greater part. And this is something that couldn't be redone. It couldn't be done again. And, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we've, you know, you, you, you feel it when you watch that movie, yeah. too. It's there's, something there's something, there's some, there's something Andy Warhol-esque about it in, <laughs> yeah. a, in a weird, like, I don't know if you guys know what I mean by that. But, like, yes. something like pop art. Yep. 
uh, uh, aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was he stood out in his time as a he's so ahead of his time. Yeah, it was, and it was flashy. And had it was it, it, the movie was flashy and it was uh, it was kind of it, the movie itself is arrogant in a weird way. Yeah. Like it hit me in ways yeah. that I, I honestly haven't been hit many times with in a movie. You know? And I gotta say too, I think there's something about Amadeus, and you know, you can look at it saying this kind of there's something there must be something wrong with it if it's not really spoken about and not in the zeitgeist of, of the. I think there's something about the greatness of Amadeus that's camouflaged. Yeah. Within the decade it came out, mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. the the that that stylistic mm-hmm. period piece that it uses, it's one of those things that just kind of hides. It's where like, it is, yeah. and then when you find it, that kind of makes it that much greater. Yeah. I yeah. literally thought that, that Rock Me Amadeus yeah. song, I thought that was going to be out through the whole thing. I was like, this is so stupid. It's, yeah. And it was I, it's, fantastic. I, I do want to say that I have this at a 5.55 five, five, along with the five movies ahead of it. Mm-hmm. So my yeah, top right. five is really right. like yeah, a top of six. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Your three movies that you had ahead of it, your, your three, your four, and your five were what, buddy? Five was Braveheart. Four was The Sting, and three was Mutiny on the Bounty. This is a movie that, that I got, covering the episode, I was almost nervous to do because I didn't really want to rewatch it. I, I didn't remember it well. and, and See, just, that, that's odd. It doesn't have a, a, a memorable aspect to it, it seems. I, I, there, is a, there, is a, there is a camouflage. I think yeah, a little bit yeah. is into the actors, too. They're not actors you've, you'll see again or seen before. Um, I, I someone was talking about. Uh, well, the, I would. I mean, there's a bunch of people I recognize right away. You, sure. you recognize them, but they're just not in the. You don't. Yeah. See it's a lot of that. They're guys. not big giant yeah, right, actors. Right. Yeah, a lot enough. of character guys. Yeah. I was I was reading an article on Adrian Brody and his performance in in the um, pianist. In the pianist. And people saying about oh he you know he he rose he was such a rising star and he had he was the youngest actor to win best actor why did he never have success again. And they quoted someone in the industry, and the person in the industry said, well, there are some roles that are once-in-a-lifetime roles. And he just happened to have his earliest point of his career. And that does happen sometimes. And F. Murray Abraham in this. This is that role. It's just... I I mean, you've definitely seen him in a lot of other things, but yeah, this was his big one. This is the role of He's in the the, uh, Apple Plus TV show Mythic Quest. The Rob McElhenney show, and it's like real. And like I was watching the new episode yesterday, I'm like laughing as I'm like figuring out where to put Amadeus. I mean, listen, he was he was in Last Action Hero. Yeah, yes, he was. <laughs> okay, Artie. So we are on your number two, Artie. Your number two out of fifteen was The Lost Weekend. Was also my number two. I wow. have it higher. Mm-hmm. Joey Whoa, has it higher. <laughs> oh so yeah, God. The Lost Weekend number two. We're on number ones here, guys. This is the uh, top movie. Of the second season, it, it officially is a candidate for the top movie that we've covered so far. Grant, what was your number one? Um, the Godfather. It was The Godfather. Also mine. Chris, Chris's, and Chris, you first watched The Godfather. Just watched it with you, you. Uh, two weeks ago. I was very curious if we would get that number one spot. It did. Absolutely. Artie, your number one? The Godfather. And my number one is... Oliver. No, it's The Godfather. <laughs> it is The Godfather. What do you Joe, you didn't. You you kind of teased in the Godfather episode that you. Yeah, might I knew what I was doing that episode. That, yeah. Number one, I watched them both again to make. But... So we're in joint. You watch the Godfather again, you lucky bastard. We're in joint <laughs> Godfather Lost Weekend territory here because most of us had Godfather one. We'll save that for last. Right. Let's talk about Lost Weekend, Joey. Why was that the best movie that we covered in season two? I had never seen Lost Weekend. A movie has never stuck with me the way it did. Every single thing 
in the irrationality of that character, I understood why he was doing it. His desperation, his the chaos, the fear, every single thing I understood why he was doing it, and it all made sense. It was shot perfectly. There, I can't think of a wasted piece. And I mean, should I talk? You want me to talk about why I went higher? Yeah. Because so I, I had trouble, and I really looked at because I had them at you know almost tied, and I said, "What was your least favorite scene?" And my least favorite scene of The Godfather was the Benny Hill esque domestic violence scene. Right, you were hard on that on the yeah. Episode. I I I watch even in the rewatch, knowing that it was shot differently for a purpose. I still think it completely doesn't work and takes me out of the movie. Where in Lost Weekend it was when he was going through withdrawal, and it was shitty animals that they just didn't have the ability to do and it did not take me out of the movie i understand it was flawed but it didn't take me out of the movie and honestly i was able to say you know what this guy is in such a bad place he can't even come up with delusions of good looking animals he's in that bad of a mental status that he can't even put together what these actual animals coming out of these rats coming out of the wall would look like yeah to completely honest i mean i got home from the godfather that night and i watched lost weekend recording it wow i got i was like i'm gonna go watch how many lost times weekend. have you seen lost weekend since, since five, five what? times wow i love you yeah that's great now i love the godfather i've never seen it before but i'm lost weekend and i'm i'm strong there wow myself Artie, and chris were all on the lost weekend episode grant you were not grant you had lost weekend ranked uh third third Okay, yeah. and your and your two was Birdman, Birdman and your one was Godfather. Yeah, talk to us about the Lost Weekend. It is a very very strong movie. Like Artie would say, it hits all the boxes, checks all the boxes. The the, the third act, the 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 hospital stuff, the withdrawal stuff, kind of lost me a little bit for a movie that was seemed very realistic and it seemed very grounded in its in its subject matter. It got. To me, it felt really goofy with the bat flying around, and it just it felt tonally different. There was, there was a tonal shift yeah. that kind of was off-putting to me, but not enough for you to rank it lower than three. Right? Three oh no, no, listen, right? it's, 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 yeah. no, no, it's 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 kind of, it's it's more or less a nitpick. We're only in the nitpicks. Though. Yeah, it's, right. it's yeah. all it's more right. it's more or less a nitpick. Like it's not enough. Like there's only and, two movies you have ahead of it. Yeah. Right. And at first, when I first watched it, I was kind of iffy about the ending. Listening to the episode, and you guys turned me around on the ending. Um, and I think it's brilliant. So yeah, it, there's very little wrong with this movie. It was it was just that that little, the little the third act was kind of goofy to me and kind of took me out of it. That's it. That's uh, really it. Before I turn it over to the low man, Chris, who you had it at six, I believe. I had it at five. At five. Okay, which is still very high. <laughs> yeah, it's in my top five. It's top yeah, five. Like... Yeah. I do want to react to something that you said, Joey, and and that's about the bat and about the kind of abnormality of his perspective mm-hmm. and and all that. <laughs> Going into that episode, like, I I love the bat scene and the rat scene. I love it. I, I've always loved it. It's the first time I saw it. And, like, I had, like, my notes and my <laughs> papers, and I'm like, all right, we're going to talk about the bat scene. And then Chris started like, ah, oh, the bat and the rat. Oh, that just, that took me out of it. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the kid, it's like the kid with the, comes to school to show and tell and then just everyone else has a much cooler prize and they're just sticking under the desk. I forgot mine. I forgot mine at home. Uh, my dog ate mine. Uh, yeah, I, it worked It worked for me too. I'll say before, before I turn it over to you, Chris, I, I the reason I said that Amadeus is one of the best movies that people have never seen mm-hmm. The only reason I didn't say it's the best movie that people yeah. have ever seen it's is because weekend, of The yeah. Lost Weekend. That's, that's fair. fair. That's a true statement. That's fair. And I think as far as best picture winners go, 
The Lost Weekend is the movie. If you've never seen any Best Picture winners, you've never heard of him, that's the one to grab. Because that's, that, that shows that old movies at that time uh, can be timeless. Timeless as anything yeah. that could come out today. I mean, they, they hit themes. I mean, just the way the, the family and the significant others and reaction to addiction and how it affects everybody. It's not something that was talked about then. That yeah. they nailed. That's right. Nailed. Nailed like, it. Nailed. Totally Incredible. nailed. Yeah. Um, Chris. You know, real quick, I'm, I'm not going to take too much time. Uh, you, you know, you guys nailed it. Grant, the same arc, uh, the same things you have that you had problems with. I, yeah. I had the, the, the withdrawal hospital. thing was you hit the withdrawal stuff like was a little weird. And you know, well, you know, I I went on with that in the episode that mm -hmm. that withdrawal wouldn't just happen overnight. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever, f fine. But it's a just it's a almost perfect movie. It's in my top five, so it's not like I ranked it low. It, right. It's just phenomenal, and and it really does hit on stuff in a way that I just don't think was even in a conversation nope. back then. Facts. So I, I love it. It's it's fantastic movie. Real quick on the, on the Billy Wilder top, I'll, Artie, I'll let you cap the conversation off. I do want to ask you this, though, Grant. Yes. So Billy Wilder has four movies on the AFI Top 100. Mm -hmm. Lost Week is not one of them. The four movies are <laughs> Sunset Boulevard, yeah. Double Indemnity, The Apartment, and Some Like It Hot. Grant, you just watched Sunset Boulevard for the first time. I know you loved it. Yeah. We talked a little bit about that, about that on the artist oh. episode. What do you have ranked higher on your Billy Wilder list, The Lost Weekend Ooh. or Sunset Boulevard? God. Putting you on the spot, I realize. Very that. much yeah. so. That's really hard. Yeah, like we might have yeah. a minute of dead air right here. We're great. That's, no, I mean, that's a lot It's a lot to think about. Um, I'll answer that real quick while Grant's thinking. It's okay to pass right now. Yeah. That's, no, that's not part I will of the second. I will I'll not give pass. You, I'll give you a second. If Sunset Boulevard also won, Godfather would be three for me right now. It would be Lost well, Weekend, Sunset Boulevard, wow. Godfather. I think I think I would rank Sunset Boulevard higher. Okay, yeah. I had a feeling you would say that. Yeah. Wow, and, really? And, and yeah. most people, most people do. It's would say it's that. such a, it's so. the the perform the, the Gloria Swanson oh, performance really solidifies that. Yeah, yeah. her her performance is all time. She's character. an all time character. And all Lost time. Weekend is my Billy Wilder number one. Okay. I've seen all five of those. Is a hot take. That's not a common answer. And but, double double yeah. indemnity is really good too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's really really good too. And that lost it going my way, and damn it, I stand by it. But <laughs> really? Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't yeah. know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, that's a conversation for another rankings episode. And I can't but, wait for uh, it. Artie, cap us off on, on the last weekend here. And Billy Wilder, because he's... Oh, fucking awesome. He's your... I think uh, he's an Artie favorite, and right? Here's, he's here's, fucking awesome. Here's the thing. I had a feeling when I first... So I... Like Joey said... Never seen Lost Weekend. Kieran recommended it right after he saw it, doing his challenge of watching the '92 Best Picture winner. Yeah, years ago. Years ago, when it was probably like '90 Best Picture winners when you started. Yeah. And I watched it, and it has never gone away. It sticks with me. It is. I've I I didn't realize you could appreciate a director and a, and filmmaking from such an old movie at such a high level and then to also nail such a specific human topic that's complex nowadays right you know 90 years ago in a way that's if it was done the same way today it would be just as right it's really i had i it's the only billy wilder movie i've ever seen but i i had a feeling he'd be contagious in this group because he's really <laughs> fucking good man yeah. he's He's awesome. He knows what he's doing. I, I think the biggest problem with this movie is that it's it's not rewatchable only because of the subject matter and how how realistic it is. Yeah. Like that it's makes hard it to watch. It's rewatchable for no, me. No, no, I, I, I can rewatch that I, movie I mean anytime. It, yeah. I mean it in a positive way that it's so realistic that it's hard to watch again. 
you know, like to see somebody go through that is yeah. tough. Yeah, and that's, I'm kind of dead deep, to that. It's deep, yeah, yeah, same. It's, it's so, deep subject it's matter. So realistic. Like yes. there's the, it's right. Like train spotting, yeah. I'll never put on exactly again. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't care. Like, He's never cool. gotten to it. <laughs> <laughs> color scheme is great. <laughs> I do. The, the anti gravity was the problem. <laughs> I do have to throw out in my top three: Amadeus is three, Lost Weekend is two, and Godfather's one. All three of them have three of the best lead acting performances yeah, that exists correct. on this list. Um, and I, I wanted just to cap off Lost Weekend, if if someone asks me why I love movies and why I think movies are important, I'll look at a Lost Weekend and say, to see the struggles of someone 90 years ago and for them to portray it the way they did and to come to today and, and to see how real and how relevant it is when technology and society and all these things have changed... Yep. The human element of that is that's why I watch movies yep. and that's right. why I love movies. And that's 100%. why I watch movies. And, and let's, you let's said be, that perfectly. Thank perfectly. You. And let's be real. It's the, we have the one, those of us that have it at two, we have the Godfather ahead of it. Like, right. that's, yeah. which, which at the end of the day might that's be number it. one. Like, we talked about a, a ton of great uh, movies right. and we have The Lost Weekend and then The Godfather. Correct. Yeah, and, and so let's talk The Godfather because this is four of our number ones. Joey, it was your number two. Yep. Uh, Joey and Chris, you just saw it for the first time yeah, this, yeah. this month or yep. whatever. Yeah, a couple weeks whatever, ago. The relative month. Where do we start? Start with Chris. This. Yeah, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we haven't really, we haven't, you're the only one here we haven't heard talk about it. So let's, okay. let's go. So this is the thing with the movie. It, it, it's, it's been built up so much over my life. Like, mm. and it's one of those things I tried to watch when I was like 18, I think. And, and it just, I wasn't in the right place for that. Sure. It's long. It's seems boring. So I was like, I, I'm out. I tried. I didn't, didn't work. So now I'm I'm in my 40s <laughs> watching it for the first time. First of all, this a lot of scenes I was already familiar with, yeah. lot, you know, just because mm-hmm. of being being in just being, being on this planet, being alive, just watching yeah. this being alive. Spoils the whole fucking So, I, you know, in my mind I was like, you know, I pr- I pretty much know what this movie is, and I did not know what this movie was at all. Yeah. And I didn't realize how beautifully in-depth it is and how it takes its time in every aspect of it. Yeah. It stays on things longer than most movies would, mm-hmm. but keeps it interesting somehow. Very interesting. Um, you know, it looks great. It, it's the acting is the, some of the best acting that's ever been done. I ended it and I was like, God, what the hell took me so long to watch this movie? <laughs> and I was actually glad it took me a long time yeah. because I got to appreciate it at my yeah, age. For that's where I was too. Um, really, what The Godfather really has amongst many other accolades has to be the best opening scene of all time, right? <sighs> Mm. It's pretty great. Up I don't have with... anything prepared to argue with that. <laughs> yeah. Like I think I think anything arguing is equivalent. Yeah. Like I think we're Oh yeah. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Hatori yeah. yeah. Hanzo situation. Right. There's no best. It's a good philo- it's a good philosophical. No, I, Kieran, Kieran, I don't point. know how your what your experience was was watching it while I was watching yeah, it. The first that's time. where I was going next. Because so I, had, that, I had I had a sm- I had uh, I my face hurt. From smiling so much, yeah. I was literally smiling through the entire movie. I've ne- I don't know many movies I've ever done that with. It's, um, it's perfectly made. I I watched this with Chris, Chris, your wife, Jasmine, who had seen it before. Yeah, and uh, listener Sean L, who had never seen it before. Right, two of us had not seen it. Wow, before. that's and cool. That's amazing. We yeah. get to about, and I think both of you had seen it up to the wedding stuff, and that's where we've seen lost. Yeah, parts, parts of it. You know, the famous but the parts, main scene, part, the main. The main parts of the movie, neither of you had ever seen a, a second. I literally things happened, and I was like, "Oh, I so, did not know that happened." Like at, toward wow. the end of the Which wedding, awesome. 
you know, we're, we're watching in silence and right. sucked in by it. Chris turns to me and Sean and goes, this movie is not what I thought it was. <laughs> and, 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 and just, you, you couldn't live in the silence with it anymore. It's like, yeah. this is just not what I thought it was. Yeah. I don't know what, and you were like, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. And and I was like, oh boy, we're, we're in for it. Yeah. Wow. It was an experience watching it with people that's who haven't so, seen it that's before. That's so great. And that's so I had great. just watched it for the, for the podcast. So this right. is after we recorded I gotta say, man, and it is my number one here, this is the one movie out of these 15 that I would put on right now and stop everything I'm doing and watch again. Yeah. And I, tomorrow I would watch it again. Yeah. And the next day I would watch it again. Yeah. It's that good. And it's everybody that good feels the yeah. same way as far as I know. Like, I, yeah. one, one thing that stood out about the episode, and if you've been with us this long, we've been very spoiler sensitive, uh, we're going to have some spoilers right now. There's one part of this movie where watching it with people who haven't seen it before, that I didn't realize just because The Godfather is just one of those things that the first time I watched I knew enough about it where like yeah. but when Marlon Brando gets hit when yeah. Don Vito gets hit when Fredo drives him by the, the orange market yeah. and they really let the viewer believe that he died dude oh, I, yeah. And yeah. I, so I I, I I actually was like dude did Marlon Brando just die like, wait he's dead already <laughs> my, oh, he just fucking started my <laughs> note said they killed them already, and yeah. then I deleted it because I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but there are so yeah. many scenes after that that really yeah. lean into the viewer to believe that he's dead. Yeah. Dude. And, and they put characters in that situation with Tom Hagen yep. being kidnapped. Watching that this time, because I had always known that scene with him and his grandson at the end, yeah, I right. never had that experience because I know that he, I know that's, that's when he dies right. at the end. So to see you guys react that way. It's amazing. It's Whoa! It, just, yeah. it made me look at the movie a whole different I, I'm way. I'm proud. I'm proud that we that we went through so much, so many years without knowing what the fuck happened in The Godfather. Yeah, and I don't know how we did yeah. that. But, new, uh, to you. You. <laughs> new to you. And neither of you had seen the second of the restaurant scene. And I'm yeah. oh, watching man. that with two people. Oh, it was awesome. Like, That's like, one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, it's amazing. And the two of them are on the edge of their seats like, oh, oh my God, oh my God. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. Ah, he did it. <laughs> Even the, the horse head scene, which I, I absolutely knew what was going to happen yeah. before it happened. However, when they pulled the sheet back, dude, I was like, fuck, this is like insane. What yeah, is happening yeah. right now? Because that, it, I mean, first of all, it is a real horse. Yes, it yes. is. Um, it looks like a real horse. <laughs> And it, dude, it's shocking. Even though I knew it was coming, I was still shocked. Yeah. It, it, I had the same experience. Like I knew of that scene, but yeah. I never knew it in context of the rest right, of the movie. Right. Yeah. So it didn't have that effect. But and you're right. It's, yeah. it's different when you when you it's, know it. Yeah, I'm I'm one of the lucky few that didn't know that was because I saw it when I was like 15. So it was before it, it, that got spoiled for me. Yeah, right. And that was just like that was an unreal experience. Yeah. seeing that for the first time. That's awesome. Like I, I, I have you, Joey. Have you seen two? Nope. Nor have Ooh. I. Oh, we're like the only two yeah. people on earth. Yeah, yeah. Oh my Nor God. Sean. Obviously, the, the Sean. Yeah. L. So we're yeah. Wow. so when we're that will be the season, the season three premiere. Yep. Joey, maybe and, that's a uh, thing we watched. Yeah. 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 Chris, I'll watch you and Sean L. And yeah. Question: Did Sean L. like Godfather? Oh, oh my God! Right here. It's like a favorite movie ever. Singing along with everything we're saying right now. All right. We were we were we were dancing naked in the middle of my room, celebrating it after. Just tap dancing naked. It seems a little throwing gabagool around. It was really. It was really hard. Stop. We weren't naked. We had tap shoes on. That makes it better. That makes it better. Anyone else want to throw something on the on the Godfather? Sorry, guys. I know we took a lot of that. No, it's just it's it's as perfect a film as you can make. Yeah. Now, where it gets interesting from here is 
Does it hold the number one spot? Does yeah, its own it's gonna, sequel it's, take it's, it? We'll find out. I, so, Grant, it's time for your spinoff. And you picked The Godfather. Spin-off. Big, bold choice. Yes. You picked a smaller character, but an important character, and a character that I think would have a great, a great prequel series. You'd probably be on Amazon Prime or, or HBO, something like that. But it's... Uh, it's a prequel about Mo Green. Oh wow! And how he gets his start in Las Vegas. <laughs> how he gets his start when you were boning chili. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's he's based he's based on Bugsy Siegel, which is a real real life gangster, and um, I think I think it'd be pretty cool to see how Las Vegas gets started. You know, it gets started, and I think it'd be nice on the series finale. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna go get a massage. <laughs> and, then it, and then it ends. <laughs> and then it cuts to black. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's basically a good casino vibe, right? Like, yeah, essentially. Kind of, yeah. But I guess before even casino, because casinos yeah. were in the 70s. So. Yeah, no, they, they, don't, they don't start Vegas. They kind of just. Yeah, like, yeah, they, 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 they usher it along. Yeah. What platform but, is tackling that? Is that a. No, this, this is like, this is going to be like a three season. Okay, so this is a, yeah, we're, we're going... Yeah, yeah, like Amazon Prime or like yeah. some, something that allows violence and, and language yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Cool. Very cool. So we missed Artie's, we missed Artie's spinoff, so we're, we're going to... Bye, uh, buddy, we'll to that now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what, what is your... This is our time Oliver? machine 14 months ago. What is your Oliver spinoff, Artie? No, so in The Lost Weekend, I would have a spinoff sitcom about the bar that he frequents. Right. Uh, cheers. Cheers. Like, like, cheers. Yeah, yeah that's Dark cool. cheers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Where, like it'd be like Cheers, but he would come in every day like that and get blackout and yeah. ruin everyone's fun. Yeah, they call they call it just cheers. pissing on the ball. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna give our uh, we're gonna give you our rankings, a little recap of our ranking. Grant, you're gonna start us off here. Sure. Okay. From fifteen. Fifteen, Cavalcade. Nine fourteen, An American in Paris. Thirteen, Oliver. <laughs> 12 gentlemen's agreement 11 is braveheart 10 is argo fuck yourself 9 is mutiny on the bounty 8 is platoon 7 is the sting 6 is the artist 5 amadeus 4 annie hall 3 is the lost weekend 2 is birdman and 1 is the godfather all right, Joey R., your ranking is from 15. All right, so my season two rankings, number 15 is Cavalcade. Number 14 is Argo. Number 13, Gentleman's Agreement. Number 12 is The Artist. Number 11, Braveheart. Number 10, Oliver. Number 9, An American in Paris. Number 8, Annie Hall. Number 7, Birdman. Number six, The Sting. Number five, Amadeus. Number four, Mutiny on the Bounty. Number three, Platoon. Number two, The Godfather. And number one, Lost Weekend. All right. Chris G., yours. Here I go. (laughs) Fifteen, Cavalcade with a bullet. (laughs) Fourteen, Gentleman's Agreement. Thirteen, Mutiny on the Bounty. Twelve, The Artist. Eleven, Braveheart. Ten, Oliver! (laughs) Nine, American in Paris. Eight, Argo. Seven, Annie Hall. Six, Platoon. Five, Lost Weekend. Four, The Sting. Three, Birdman. 
two, Amadeus. And number one, The Godfather. Love it. Artie B, your rankings from 15. 15. Oliver. <laughs> 14. Caval Clade. Did I say it wrong? Clav- yeah, clavicle. Yeah, you added an extra L. The L's is sliding to different spots. Clav- clavicle. <laughs> clavicade. The man for five clavicades. <laughs> that was your brother, not me. Just so you know. 13. Gentleman's Agreement. 12. An American in Paris. Like Chris was once. That's right. 11. Argo. 10. The Artist. 9. Platoon. 8. Annie Hall. 7. Birdman. 6. Amadeus. 5. Braveheart. 4. The Sting. 3. Mutiny on the Bounty. 2. The Lost Weekend. 1. The Godfather. Alright, and I'll cap mine off here with number 15, Cavalcade. Number 14, Gentleman's Agreement. Number 13, Argo. Number 12, The Artist. Number 11, An American in Paris. Number 10, Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. There it is. Nine, Oliver! (laughs) (laughs) Number eight, Braveheart. Number seven, The Sting. Number six, Mutiny on the Bounty. Number five, Annie Hall. Number four, Platoon. Number three, Amadeus. Number two, The Lost Weekend. And number one, The Godfather. So there you, there you have it. There are season two rankings, our definitive season two rankings. We'll have the, uh, Joe, you're going to go to the BPC uh, studio calculator and get the composites. Yeah, put it all together, and then we'll put it on Letterboxd. His this back is great. All right, so before we go, we're going to end this episode as we end all of our episodes with uh, our BPC awards. And we do MVP, we do LVP, we do participation award, and we do our recast. Our recast can be a little different this time. We're going to recast a Best Picture winner. So we're going to pick a movie that we think should have won. Finally, we're going to do what should have won in one of these years. MVP first. Who would like to go first for the season two MVP? Chris is ready to go. I'm picking Milos Foreman for uh, Amadeus. I just think Mm -hmm. uh, overall the vision is just fucking astounding. I I think no matter what else happens in the movie, with the movie, without that guy's vision, it just doesn't happen. In the way it happened. So I I pick him. Real strong choice. And was he Cuckoo the composite number one of season one? Yeah. Yeah, so we yeah. have oh, a lot really? of Milo's form, a lot of Milo's form. No, I, I realized that. He also did um, uh, Man on the Moon, which I really loved. Great too. movie. Great movie. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Great great choice. Uh, next, Joey. Yeah, so I have three. Oh. Billy Wilder, Billy Wilder, yes. and Billy yeah. Wilder. I'll, I'll, I'll add a fourth. Uh, for my MVP <laughs> is Billy fucking Wilder yeah. as my I mean, season two MVP. I, I don't think any... Classic filmmakers had more attention than we'd given him in this in, no. in and, this season. You know, it really solidified it that the artist paid so much homage to him that yeah, I mean he centered he centered around the conversation in two episodes yep. this season. 100%. So he was an easy MVP for yep. me. Me too. Uh Grant. Yeah. Um my MVP is Gordon Willis. Um cinematographer great for yeah. for two movies that are on this list. He did a great job in both of them. My one and my five. Yeah. yeah. 
Well done. Well, that's mine as well, so there we go. Hey! Hey! Well done. We're getting good at this. Yeah. We're getting better at this. All right. LVP. This was extremely I think hard. You might have to see LVP. Chris is ready to go here. LVP. Probably. LVP. Edward Norton Speedo. 100%. Dude, that shit is fucked up. Like, I don't ever want to see that guy in a Speedo like, again. Cross out my honorable man. <laughs> So I, I want to say, Joey, you are going to go last to this because I want you to tell the people how you came up with your LVP because it's effing hilarious. The king of the LVP would only do something like this. Grant, your LVP. Um, my LVP is Charlie Sheen. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Trust me, it would, that was be my second. Might as well. <laughs> I think Grant I, and Artie. Wow. I think, I think his uh, his war is really bad. You're giving a baseball, uh, yes. a baseball, uh, his uh, saber, his wins above replacement. I wasn't uh, sure if you were crazy. Yeah, yeah, Vietnam or what was going on. Grand, I had no idea. He would have felt much Chris is a guy. It's like he would have been much better in World War II. Yeah. We have to explain so much to the listener to explain a war. Yeah. Boy, his wins above replacement is it's not good. Mark Lester. It's not good. Mark Lester is always. Mark Lester's Oliver is sitting home like, whew, that's <laughs> looking at his war, like, huh. My LVP is extremely harsh, but I thought about it. I had a hard time with this. I'm going with Gregory Peck. Yeah? For wow. LVP. Okay. And here's I where I landed on that. I love it, man. I love I, it. I, 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 don't, I don't disagree with I it. Love Gentleman's it. Agreement was my number 14. Listen, he's a, he's a, uh, a well-accomplished actor. This was the one best picture winner he's in. This was his chance to showcase himself. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, okay. he, he didn't. He just didn't do it. I'm fucking bitter as hell that he has Peter O'Toole's Oscar for Lawrence of Arabia, and I'm yeah. not going to get over that. We'll talk about that more when, yeah. when, when we get to when we get to Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, he won that for um, um, one for the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, the other bird movie, To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, just this was his chance, and I just think that that that, that performance is just you know. There's just not enough there for him to, for his one shot on the main stage to make it work. So, I realize that's harsh, but Gregory Peck gets my mm-hmm. LVP ah, for fuck Gentleman's Gregory Pack. <laughs> We're on to participation award. We get to my show LVP. someone's out. Joey didn't do All right, it yet. Yes, and now we have the the master of the LVP, as we called him out in the very beginning of this. Um, Joey, tell the people how you came up with your LVP here. So I had fun with the LVP. I did it tournament style. I took all the L- all the LVPs I could think of and I bracketed them. I wish I brought it with me. And then I voted. Yeah. I-, I have it at home. I'll take a picture later and send it to you guys. It's on your windows in marker. I mean, 15, there must have been a play-in game there. It's- there no, there was. It was. It was complex. There Does was a the lot worst of guy get the buy or the best guy get the buy? The best of the worst. But ultimately, I came up with... The ultimate LVP. Do it. Please do it. It's fucking Ellison. Yay! He did it! <laughs> Ellison! No one has been less valuable to a movie. Ellison is the... the he is the definitive LVP. I think oh, in, the the Joey, in the Joey R LVPs. We need a, uh, an Ellison shirt. I uh, do. In the jig in Tahiti. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think we need one. I you think know, we need that. By the way, as, as the guy that does the design stuff, do you know how hard it is to find 
an image on Google of Elsie doing the jig and tomato. You need to make it. Yeah. yeah I, I, love, I love when you guys do that. Like, hey, this should do it. Like, this is not going to work. No, but it'd be great. It'd be funny. No one's going to think this is funny. I guess I guess we play up Ellison and the Tahiti jig right. a little. Hey, just Tahiti in general. Crit, we're spitballing with you, man. Yeah, go, go spitball somewhere else. Well, you have one pre-order if the, if the Ellison Tahiti shirt comes I'll out. I'll do my best. I'll I can't find, promise I'll Joey will buy one, but I, I you know, myself really, and my brother. I need more kindling for my what, fire really? pick. Participation award. Anyone uh, want to hop, hop in there first? I mean, Barney, I, I, Barney gave, I gave it to Billy Wilder. So. Okay. It was, yeah, so you got it. Gordon Wells is going to be paying. You, 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 uh, I, I didn't go too crazy either. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola. I mean, I, we didn't mention it, but we should have. You know, yeah. the best movie. Yeah. Best maybe two movies ever. So. Yeah. Gotta For t- sure, hard, hard to not. Yeah, uh, hard I do have not. an L- uh, a honorable mention LVP, and it's uh, Julie Andrews Bowl Cut. <laughs> yes, Sound of Music. I know it's the last season, <laughs> we but I think it needs to be said. I mean, I, it's really upsetting. Already so mad at you. Very right attractive woman, not a great haircut. There will be some Sound of Music battles coming up yeah. in a few weeks when we do our our thirty. Uh, hopefully, and I, I, hopefully, you mean I get the fist fight, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If, if, if Artie's face could be projected through the podcast, the right dirty now, thirty, he's not happy. Full of murderous rage. I am yes. a gape. Yes, Joey. Uh, mine is Gordon Willis. Gordon Willis. Okay. okay, so we're getting a lot of MVP. We're all sympathetic out here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mine is not very inspired. It's uh, <laughs> no, it's it's Al, it's Al Pacino from The Godfather. Yeah, I, I, there you I think. Yeah. Um, bold, bold choice. Yeah, I know it's. Yeah, no, I hear but I, I, I do, I do think that he should have gotten like the best lead actor nomination for that. It's weird that he got supporting, so he gets my little. Uh, you tried, ribbon. My participation award is Carol Reed, the director of Oliver. We talk about war wins above replacement. I think anyone else directs that movie, it's a forgotten musical that there's no yeah. chance wins best picture. We're talking about today. I think you took a you took a a, a skilled noir director and put him into a flamboyant musical that ended up being something that's stood the test of time. In my opinion, Cal Reed, participation. Cool. I wouldn't, dra- I wouldn't draft him. <laughs> Artie's passing. Artie's passing. Injury prone. Let him fall five right now. Right, so now the value. Recast now. So, so what we're doing here is we're taking any of these 15 movies and now we're recasting a movie that that year came out that we were, we were going to put in that best picture slot. So a movie we'd add to this 15, you could take it however you want to take it. It doesn't necessarily have to be a movie that was nominated that year. It could be one of the nominees, it could be. Either way. A, this is essentially the who could have, who should have won. It is, yeah, we're now saying it's, it's who very, should have won. It's very yeah. much yeah. that. Doing yeah. it differently. We're, we're, yeah, okay. we're flipping the script. Here. We're being complete so. hypocrites. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're letting the... We're, we're, letting, we're having we're, fun we're, with we're, it. We're letting the we're imagination playing. run yeah. wild. Right. Right. Uh, Who's so like to go? Chris? I want to go first because we, you and I, you know this, and I... I felt remiss if I didn't bring it up. And it's hard because I, I love going. the movie. Are mo- you going to take mine? I love the movie that wins. Fuck. Okay. So, and, and I gushed about it in this podcast. I'm going to say that the, the year of Birdman. Damn it. I should have went first. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. And I love fucking Birdman. But as Kira knows, I my one of my favorite movies of all time mm-hmm. yeah. is Whiplash. Yeah. yeah. And That's... I feel like Whiplash, I wish it had won. This I is get your chance why, to recast it. I get why Birdman won. I just, I Whiplash is one of my favorite movies ever, and I, that's it. That, that's now I'm going to ask the hard question here, Chris. Yeah, if Whiplash had won, where is it on your list? <laughs> oh, uh, shit, that's a really tough question, Kieran. Mm-hmm. Uh, top five? 
it's in the top five. I think it's. I don't think many movies have done more with less. Is yeah. where I. That's how yeah. I would put it. Interesting. Some interesting uh, comparisons to Amadeus versus that too. Absolutely, oh, which I, like I guess that, is yeah. why I love like Amadeus so much. Together, Maybe that's yeah, the, yeah. the theme that yeah. appeals to me the most. I don't know. Very cool. But. Joey, you have the same answer. Same answer. Um, I, really? Yeah. Whiplash. Joey, we are like. Um, I, I love Whiplash so much. Um, yeah. It would be number three or four for me. Yeah, um, it would right. just kind of be, I'd really have to have that battle out with Platoon for whether it's three or four, but I, I love Whiplash. I felt like I went through a war while watching me it. Me too. In the best way, and I mean that in the yeah. best way possible. I mean, Chris, that's one you showed me. I mean, you're like, yeah. you got to watch it, got to until you finally were like, all right, we're, we're, we're watching. We're watching the same screen, we watched yeah. Godfather on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the group of us watched Platoon on. Yeah. And talk about the watching movies with people for the first time. Uh, uh, somewhat recently, I watched uh, Whiplash for the first time with my wife, and I loved it. And she loved it, and it was just so much fun talking about it, and what she... And it's just Grant, Whiplash, Whiplash is an experience. I am curious, yeah. what, Grant. What do you think about that movie? I think I think Whiplash is great. For some for some reason, Birdman just sticks with me more. Oh wow! I just, okay. I just prefer it, but it's really close. Yeah. Already it's have really you close. seen those? And, I I love I love Whiplash. Uh, I think it's yeah. awesome. Uh, that and Birdman, honestly, I'd have to it's rewatch them and think it is about a toss it. Up, I'd man. have to rewatch them and think about it. That's yeah. not, I can't answer that right now. Yeah, it's I a toss up. Easily. Seen them each once, you know, can't, By the can't way, answer And it. like I said, I love both of those movies. Mm, yeah. It just, yeah, absolutely. God. I, I think Whiplash is just special. Whip, yeah, it, it would be an easy Whiplash over yeah. Birdman. I had That's a Whiplash. I had Whiplash. <laughs> I did have Whiplash watching the movie. The, my experience was intense, like, with the first time I saw it. Yeah. I mean, talk about, like, ass sweat. <laughs> I was on the edge of my <laughs> yeah. seat sweating like i would yeah. in, it was just, i'm also I never had you know, experience the, like that before that know? subject material the music the, the music end of that I'm, i would be a little I, I just relate to that more than the acting end of it with, with right program. right right grant your request yeah i mean this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody and i guess i'll just double down on it um i talked about it on the annie hall episode you did I'm wearing a Millennium Falcon sweatshirt right now. Star Wars. It's Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. And I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Yay! Yay! Yep. Star Wars or Randy Hall? Oh, yeah. Wow. It'd, be, it'd be a top it's a tough, four that's a movie. Yeah, tough I, one I to deny, so. guys. For me, too. Yeah. Would it be, would it be it's two my, for you, Grant? I don't know if it would be, I don't know if it would be two. But it'd be right there. It'd be it's my close. favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah. And just, I would, I also agree with that. It's my favorite. Influence and scale alone is, is just, right? Yeah, I mean, just, just everything that movie did. And I only yeah. recently saw them, and I mean, just unbelievable. Both great movies, just in very different ways. Yeah. And, like, and both very influential it's, it's, movies. You're talking about, talk about influential movies. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's the like, most, yeah. it's like the most influential movie like how, maybe how many, of all time. Ever. It's funny. How, you know, my, it created fandom. How many people got, how many people got into, how many people got into directing because of Star Wars? Absolutely. I'm just looking at my list. I think it would be in the same slot on my list as Annie Hall, which right. is interesting exactly. enough. You know, that first Splatoon, I'd have to think about that. Uh, Real Wars versus Star Wars. Yeah. I, um, that was one. Uh, that was also on my list, but, like, I, I knew one of you were going to take yeah. it, obviously. Like, it, it's the most obvious one. So you guys all seem to take movies that you were high on and just pick a movie that you were a little higher on. I went the other way. We're going back for mine because I recast my number 15. Cavalcade and 1933. Oh, King, King Kong. Kong. King Kong is the best winner, the best picture King winner Kong. of yeah. 1933. It is one of the most egregious snubs in the history of the Oscars. It is a, it is a million times. It is a King Kong difference mm -hmm. in it versus Cavalcade. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. Uh, Cavalcade, King Kong, the, the influence that that movie technologically, 
Yeah. And visually, even at the time. They're yeah, yeah. still remaking it today. Right. A million yeah. times over. Brand new one. <laughs> the claymation in that movie in 1933 yeah. still looks fucking phenomenal today. It's kind today. of baffling that yeah. it didn't win, huh? Anyone who hasn't seen that movie, please watch King Kong. Oh, it's it is awesome. it's It's so strong. It's just problematic in some areas, whatever. Any movie but, of that era is problematic. Yeah, yeah that one is a little more so than others. This, this is heavy get, on it. Get but. past it. We're talking get about past it, it yeah. and think Enjoy about think about what was accomplished there. Please watch that movie. It's it's something else. But yeah, nineteen thirty three. King and I think King Kong would be top five for me. Okay, wow. it, okay. Would, it would possibly bump Annie Hall. Wow, would be right around Mutiny and the Bounty. Is that, I, I like it for some is of the same that reasons. Is that influence, Karen, mostly? And and scale as to when right. it was made. Yeah, That's right. the same reason I put Mutiny and the Bounty where it was. It was just so much bigger than what they were capable of doing back then. They made it work and they made it stand the test of time sure. and made it it's so watchable today. I mean, it's, uh, I I watched it a couple months ago. Just it's it's a movie you can sit down and watch. And I watch that over Peter Jackson's King Kong any day of the week. Give me a break. Yeah, so here we go. We'll settle Peter Jackson shot there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so guys, we got to the end of it here. Season two. Season two was a hell of a season. Great movies in season two. Some great movies. In addition to what we the movies we discussed, we did four honorary episodes. Our 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 uh, sub fifty tournament, which we're going to do again this year, resulted in a Roadhouse episode. Yeah, we did a Christmas episode. We Mm -hmm. did the the horror fest resulted in in a Halloween episode. Yes, we did our Thanksgiving special Shawshank Redemption episode. We had our Christmas episode with Home Alone. Some great new voices. We had Oz join the mix. We had yeah, our first female absolutely. voices in yeah. the mix with Danielle and Mikola. Uh, we had our first international guest with yes. Zeta Short joining for our, nice. our Oscar special. Probably uh, the MVP of season two. Yeah, Zeta. very, very possibly. Thanks so much for everything you do, guys. Chris, thank you for watching 15 movies in a <laughs> 48-hour period. The animation draft. Uh, yeah, we did our, our animation yeah, right. too. So Grant just in... keeps shaming us is yeah, what's happening. Um, Kira, just, just keep just keep your, your brainwashing going. I just... <laughs> I, I felt I felt like the guy in Clockwork Orange, just like with my eyes, with my eyes like peeled open, watching my way seventy five movies in ten days. You know, oh, I love it. Uh, we've launched a, the number keeps increasing. Yeah. We've launched a merchandise store. Yeah, yep. thought. Follow us on social media: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Best Picture. Letterboxed. I want to take this time to thank the four of you guys for all the work you do. Seriously, Grant. Everything you do on social media, yeah, the weird, it's just, hey. it takes us to it takes us to a next level that we don't belong at. And That's it's, true. It's all because of you, man. Yeah. You're, you're oh, thanks, Karen. a genius at what you do. Um, Joey, all the work you put in, Chris. Again, with all, being all, there. everything you did. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime for hanging out. <laughs> Artie, just, Artie B. The, the the heel we all we all need Why in our lives. The lingering. Yeah, no, but I mean, all kidding aside, guys, everything. There's no chance that this is even. I would even still be doing this if it was just me and a microphone. It only works because of you guys and all the other co-hosts, Brendan B, Jay, Oz, Nicola, Danielle, everyone who's been on this podcast, Rob Bobcat, all, all of them. It's really been an experience, guys. Thanks again. No thank problem. You, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For making it happen. I can, thank I can, you. Can, confidently say I would not recast any of you for Muppets. It, <laughs> it's been a blast. And so we're going to do that 30 that thirty ranking episode moving forward. Absolutely. A couple weeks we'll yeah. be back here again. Yes. We're going to take these 15, we're going to compare the 15 that we did in that first 15 rankings episode. Any closing thoughts? Anyone want to throw it in there? No, we'll see you on the other side. That's it. Season 3 on its way. Alright, it's time. Go. It's time. Oh, there's so many, so many.
Brent, you really think I do absolutely nothing, don't you?